weekends. We're coming to you from lovely North Carolina, my home, and a surprise for everybody, all four of us in the room, same place, same time. This is special. Mm -hmm. Spencer, how you doing? Doing quite well. BJ? I'm doing well, too. Levi? Living the dream. Look at that. All four of us, one place. This is exciting. So we're recording this episode the day before New Year's. If you've listened to this podcast before or you know us, you know that our yearly tradition is to get together at New Year's, uh, hang out, tell stories, have fun. We figured we'd do some pods. That's what we're going to do today. Yeah. Start off with some day drinking. No better way. Exactly. Because this is Whiskey on the Weekends. BJ, do you want to introduce the whiskeys we have today? Yes. Um, I got two whiskeys um, and I brought them from sunny California. Uh, we have a Sierra, Del, Sierra Norte. It is a uh, single barrel Mexican whiskey with Loxican yellow corn. And I'm fairly excited to try it. It is a very caramel colored whiskey and it says no co color added, which is a little bit surprising given uh, it's sort of one of the first things that I've seen from them. So that would mean um, that would mean they're brewing it with uh, corn, right? Instead yes. of wheat? Instead of wheat or barley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's all corn. And a lot of uh, bourbons and other whiskeys will add some flavoring and add some caramel to get that deep caramel color. And it'll usually add quite a bit of sweetness. And so when you look at bottles and it says unchill filtered natural color or something like that, the natural color or uh, no coloring or flavoring added tells you that it's just the product and no sweetener added. Okay. And our listeners may not know this. But Spencer, uh, this whiskey's near and dear to your heart, isn't it? No, not particularly, no. Glad well, we're having this talk. You are, but you're like half Mexican, right? I'm half Hispanic, and that could mean many things. Well, is it Mexican? No, it isn't. What it, is it? It is mixed between Cuban and Venezuelan. Okay, well, damn, like, why, why are you getting so defensive about it? That's your heritage. He likes the oil. You see how mad he got there, Levi? <laughs> are you embarrassed? Are you scared they're going to put you on the other side of that wall? There's no element of that, no. <laughs> Just enjoying the generalization. Oh, Spencer is not in a good mood today. Yesterday, Spencer drank a lot of mead. Sp uh, Spencer survived on a medieval drinking diet yesterday, thanks to these guys. Okay. Spencer also apparently talks in third person. Spencer's continuing a pattern here. All right. Well, while we're talking about Spencer, I'd like to tell a quick Spencer story, and then we can get into drinking the whiskey. So, uh, Spencer was at my house a couple weeks ago. If you listen to the latest Got Questions podcast, uh, we did that live while we were snowed Thanks. in. We looked at all of the hashtag For the Throne clips that HBO uh, put out in uh, advance of season eight. They're doing a little marketing. Uh, yeah. Pour me some there, BJ. And uh, it was a fun time. I think we had a good podcast. But while we were doing that podcast, um, we were doing it right after we'd gone outside and played in the snow and uh, do some snowballs. Mm -hmm. um, Spencer came in, and as you would expect, uh, I think he had, um, you know, a little leakage into the, 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 the shoe there. He had some wet socks. Quite a bit. Uh, and as we were talking, he proceeded to take the socks out of his pants. Uh, out, 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 out of his pants. Out of his pants. Uh, off of his feet. Different sock there. Off, yeah, that's a good one, Spencer. Uh, off of his feet, and then he held them in his hand. And if you know Spencer, he gesticulates a lot. He moves his hands around as he talks. So he's waving these wet socks in my face. Uh, and finally, I, during the pot, I had to tell him, dude, you have wet socks in your hands. Like, what are you doing? So, Spencer, um, I've washed your socks. <laughs> Left the socks here? Here you go, my friend. Spencer, you see This is have... quite a surprise. Now, now, that, you, you do have a hole. Spencer, well, okay, so you earn a healthy it. income, and you have the crappiest socks. Spencer has had sock trouble since we met him. Oh, indeed. <laughs> this is true. I, th I think we... 
people got you socks because you just like throw your socks into the closet and just like kind of try and ignore them for like the rest of the semester. And I seem to remember there being like a large pile of... Oh, we're going back to Mangum here? Oh yeah, there was a, a closet full of discarded socks at various which, points. Which, I mean, it's... You're like the canonical example of being frugal, overly frugal, with some weird thing. Like, socks are extremely inexpensive. You don't, I mean, you don't come from an impoverished background, but you're just like, you know, I'm not going to spend money on socks. These, these I, socks are still perfectly functional. Right. Question for you. Spencer, do you know how old those socks are? Yes, I know how old these socks right, are. let's take guesses. <laughs> uh, four years. Three. I'm going to go the over. I'm saying five. Uh, you're all way too short. Oh, wow. So those are from Mangum? These are these are post Mangum, but I got these socks I think in two thousand nine. Oh my nine year old socks that he he plays in the snow, <laughs> he gets wet and he throws in my face while recording. Spencer, do you do you have any socks that are old enough to drink? Yes, I actually do. We we should have known they're pretty old because that Reebok logo is a very old Reebok logo. For real, that's that's, like, that's Alan Iverson shoes. Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that's it. That's the answer. That's impressive. I, I never would have known the Iverson part, but uh, no. Jesus, I mean, particularly for the like longer socks, I've got you know full full length socks that are probably twenty two years, twenty three years old. That are, is gross. Are these dress socks or do no, you just wear them? They're white crew socks. White crew socks. All white crew socks. Yeah. I, so Doug took him shopping, I think, to get his like first pairs of nice socks and decent khakis. You know, I was with him. I his, oh, okay. you, you, you yes. did come. You, you yes. guys also got me. Oh, I, I didn't realize you were on this. Yes. Um, his, were mo- his mother and father sat us down and were like, hey, we need to make sure Spencer is dressed properly for law school. Yep. Um, so we trust both of you to buy proper clothes for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to buy anything. Um, and so we're making sure that he has some like, some slacks, some, some, some button-up shirts, yep. um, some proper clothes. And we went out shopping with Spencer uh, and, and dressed him up like a little... little uh, Little doll, Spencer. I, I still have one of the pairs of shoes you guys had me get. I have no doubt you do, Spencer. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw this out there, Spencer. You're one of my favorite people in the world, but one of the things that cracks me up is the stories of your parents going to your friends when you're not in the room and being like, "So many of those you're gonna stories." Need, you're going to need to help Spencer out with X, Y, Z. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, my dad was doing it, but it was the other way. He was pulling my friends aside and being like, "Can you get him to like not stay out so late? <laughs> maybe, no. maybe drink a little less." <laughs> one of the first conversations my parents had with Doug was to pull him aside and said, "Hey." Pleasure to meet you. You seem like a really nice guy. Can you make sure Spencer goes out more? You know, take him out and do things. Make sure he stays out. Stay Walk out him it. occasionally. Socialize <laughs> him. Yes. Socialize him. And yeah, many of you have had that kind of conversation with my parents where they're just like, Spencer just needs these basic adult things. Can you help him with that? All right. Well, that's, that's Spencer, you have your socks back. Um, shout out to my wife for actually washing them. I was just going to throw them away. <laughs> and if I had known they were nine years old, I would have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure for every one of you, whenever I've stayed at your house, I've left at least one pair of socks behind or just like one sock laying somewhere. How do you still have socks? He had, they he had so- like 40 pairs when he was in Mangum and they're no. clearly not all gone. No, I have, I have a theory here. He went to Costco in 2009, <laughs> and he's just still living on the no, same 40-pack. The, no, these socks, I, actually, I don't know why I remember this. I got these socks for Christmas in 2009. I got, like, 15 pairs. I've still got, like, six left. So this, this is one of the ones that's returning home. Uh, we're going to just subscribe and save him to, like, some pair of socks that's reasonable and just be like, all right, Spencer, it's time to throw away, you know, your oldest pair of socks. All right, real talk. Let's all Amazon him some socks. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to. I, and, and yesterday I discovered that uh, Spencer didn't know what the candy spree was. I've never heard of this candy before. Uh-huh. And so I, I Amazoned him some spree candy, just one little, like, yeah. movie box. 
And I, I pressed deliver, right? And uh, I figured out it was going to get there before he gets home. So, like, <laughs> we're just, just going to be like, why the hell did Spencer order this weird candy? And there'll probably be none left. He'll just be like, all right, well, I guess there's candy. Thank Pretty you. much, yeah. Just an empty box in the corner. I actually changed Josh's life with a Amazon <laughs> purchase of good toilet paper. Oh, yeah, tell that story. That's how it started. So, um, we were all in town again oh, for... Uh, oh, yeah, let's try the... Yeah. Let's try Cheers, the everybody. Cheers. All right. So, this is the... Sierra Norte. Sierra Norte. Mexican whiskey made with corn. Oh, my gosh. It smells funky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't taste as funky as it smells. It's actually smoother and... Uh, is it racist for me to say it smells like tequila? I no. was about to say something it like that. Smell like, it does smell like tequila. Yeah. But it doesn't taste like it. No, it's good. It's really I, nice. I will say there are tasting notes on this saying that the nose notes are uh, notes of toasted corn, buttery popcorn with a hint of caramel. Not quite accurate. I don't um, know about the buttery popcorn, but the toasted caramel is, you know, sure. appropriate. I didn't, I didn't yeah. get a popcorn, but I did get buttery. Um, it, it's actually sweeter than I expected it is. at the finish. Yeah. It has like an almost um, sugar cane sweetness. Yeah. So, Bridget, what's the what's the price point on this? Uh, I think it was 50 Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's 50 in California, so probably a little... A little more for people that aren't, aren't close to the border. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. Does Trump have a tariff on it? It's probably 75 here. I'm sure. Um, anyway, so we were all in town for Josh's wedding, and I believe it was a Saturday night yeah. wedding. And yeah. so on Friday, we went to what was his wife's condo mm-hmm. or, um, yep. and like played some board games, some poker. I guess one of Josh's favorite things, play you know, play a little poker for a couple of hours. And um, as Terry knows, I'm wont to do is, is use the restroom um, when, when I visit somebody's house. Mm-hmm. And I experienced... It's deep... a nice way of saying it. <laughs> use the restroom. He just it, deemed, like he deemed half of your house, like, inaccessible for, like, six hours. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it takes pleasure out of these. just like a... Yeah. Christening the home. Exactly. Um, and... I experienced the worst toilet paper of basically my life, especially in a private residence. This was worse than most institutional toilet paper, like you'd have at a university or something like that. It was... It was like single ply. It, it was right? single ply. It was rougher than tissue paper. It was just the worst thing. And I, was, and I came out to Josh and I was Josh, like, do you know about this? And you're marrying this woman? Like, you, this is what you're going to live with. <laughs> is it intervention you, know? you had? Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you know, it's kind of okay. And I was like, all right, Josh. Give me your new address where you guys are moving to, and I will send you some toilet paper. And so I sent him like, you know, 48 rolls or, or, or something 40, like that. 48, 60 rolls. Yeah, of... yeah. Uh, quite a number of rolls of, of, of cottonelle. Uh, it's, it has a nice texture to it. It's, it's nice and oh, soft. I like the cottonelle, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, he thanked me vociferously for it, and every time I've visited his house since, there's been some cottonelle there. And, and I've thoroughly appreciated that. So uh, our friend Josh, we've talked about him on the podcast before, really, really nice guy. And he's not a guy who is confrontational at all. Mm. He um, also doesn't overthink things. He's just like, it's, he'll roll with it. So I don't know that this is true, but in my mind it's true that you sent that, that toilet paper and he went and he used the bathroom for the first time and he came out and he said, woman, <laughs> I will have good toilet paper in this house. And she went, is that it? And he goes, yeah, that's it. I'm like, that's, that's all. That's all, all I require. Married, really. <laughs> I'll get married, have family, good, yep, but I need some cotton out. One concession I need. Um, my memory of the story is slightly different in the sense that you said that sort of jokingly. 
he didn't fully understood that you were going to actually send him toilet paper <laughs> because I mean it's not something we do. We don't just send people gifts uh, randomly, mm. um, especially at that stage of life. And you know, a week week down the road, um, he gets toilet paper and it's just like BJ, you really sent toilet paper. And it was, yeah, it was also addressed to uh, Becky and Josh Croft. Oh, you took the the last name of the yeah. That's good. But yeah, he was a little little surprised by it. But I have no doubt that he he was he was turned. Um, I mean, Beecher, wasn't there a period where you were basically trying to market that toilet paper to every every yes. house you would eventually be staying at? Yes, yes. So you could have quality toilet paper before you got there. This is before Amazon had the dash button. Yeah. But if they had the dash button, he would do it the dash button and make sure to send it to all his friends. Uh, just on a whim. He's just like on a Friday night, I'm a little bored. I have started like randomly Amazoning. Things to my friend is that a for Amazon? Yeah, uh, to, my, to my friends, I'll do that like at multiple times. Um, oh, I'll tell a good story. So uh, my mom hates pets, and a stray cat kept coming into her yard over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so me and Sarah were like, my wife, we're like, damn cat's probably hungry. So we put out some food. Cat started eating. Uh, the next night, um, we came, you know, we came home, and that night me and Sarah were sitting around, we had a couple drinks, and we said, let's send her a fifty pound bag of cat food. <laughs> <laughs> So we sent her 50 pound cat, cat food when my mom was trying to swear off this stray cat. Didn't want it in her yard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. All right, let's um, let's move on to before um, we move on. Go ahead. In in that vein, related story, especially tie into your other podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, I started ordering her the seasons of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and eventually got to like season four or five or so, and I just sort of forgot when the DVD was released because it wasn't on my mind. Um, and <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't like. She's not a confrontational person. She doesn't make sort of aggressive remarks in any way. But I remember one time I was over there. She's like, "Well, do you know if that new if there's a new season of Game of Thrones?" And sort of her little passive aggressive way of of, of, of reminding me, me, me being like, pull out, pull out my phone out and just ordering something for. Her. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of our thing is that I, I order her the DVD seasons of Game of Thrones. She watches them. It is cute, like if you're in like a Best Buy or something, and you see like an over fifty person with like the DVD of like the latest season of NCIS, <laughs> and you're like, "That's darling, yes. <laughs> you're gonna have fun tonight. That's okay." Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move on. BJ, um, we have talked about the worst fruit. You yep. said it was pears. You were wrong. I said it was durian fruit. I was right. But in that vein, a uh, little professional callback, as they call it in the biz, you have brought some fruit for us to taste. I have. So there are two varieties. Um, there is one called Golden Berry. And of what? Golden two berry. varieties of fruit. Okay. Uh, one is called... That's right. That's right. Good radio. We mm-hmm. like that. Find your nose. Golden Berry. Um, it looks quite a bit like a smaller tomatillo that is yellow instead of green. Um, with sort of a papery exterior, and they're actually quite pretty, and have yellow berries on the inside. For the folks who who aren't googling this and, and discovering it, it looks like a snitch uh, from from Harry Potter. It really does. Oh, there it is. it's got a little husk, paper husk on the outside, little wings. Maybe that's where she got the idea. All right, okay. Done. Let's give it a try. Any trick to this? Cheers. Put it in your mouth. Salud. Put it in your mouth. I like it. It's sweet. It's flavorful. It's pretty good. It has a little, little tart. It's nice. Yeah, a little, little tartness to it. Yeah. yeah. Which I like. Yeah, I like the back end. That, that's that's, that's really good, BJ. Yeah. What, what was that called again? 
Uh, I think they're golden berries. Which, which can't be the name. Like, yeah, like, berry is very generic. Like, I don't know. Well, but when you buy stuff in an Asian market, a lot of times it gets lost in translation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but the other, so so you say that's very random, but there are a couple of other berries that are basically named the same way, like blueberry and blackberry. So, I mean, I agree, but I'm saying like that looks more like a tomato to me than a traditional berry. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess a cherry doesn't look unlike uh, a tomato. A lot of things are called Wait a second. Let's back up. <laughs> Cherry is basically a berry. Cherry is basically a berry? Yeah. And they kind of look like a tomato, so it all makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've just I'm right refute, there with you. I refuted my argument. It's Ooh. okay. All right. Truth bomb. <laughs> These are berries, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. What's the next fruit we got? Uh, it's, it's a Mexican mini guava. Hmm. What's a guava? Start off with. I'm not a cultured person. Uh, guava is another fruit. Okay. I, I mean, it, how do you Damn. describe a fruit to somebody who hasn't had it? Like it, it's an uh, what's an analogy? Is it say custardy but somewhat perfumey? Uh, I don't know. Mine looks like a lime fruit. Yeah. Uh, oh no, no, guavas in general. Oh, so, okay. so yeah, these look a little bit more like limes. I, I don't think I've had these before unless they're the same as. Uh, Pineapple guavas, which I'm not sure. Do we peel these or we just bounce. bite into them? I, I would but just bite into it. Mm-hmm. Mine bounces. <laughs> I'm thinking it might not be ripe. That's a completely different consistency than I was thinking was going to be inside mm-hmm. this. Ooh. Oh. No. Take it away. <laughs> I don't like it. And I think the reason I don't like it is because it's not remotely ripe. <laughs> so there's some more yellow yes, ones that we not. have. Uh... Oh. Lead is not approved. Oh, let me get some whiskey. This is a terrible fruit to begin with. The seed situation here is anarchy. The seeds um, are not good. Like, <laughs> the seed situation is anarchy. Can we get GMOs here? Can well, we like get like real science and get these, on, these things? Yeah, anarchy is the perfect word. They're just scattered throughout this thing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the taste is good. It's just the seed situation is crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm extra chewing each bite I'm going through this. I'm careful not to chew because I don't want to break, break my teeth here. Yeah, I'm not digging that one. I mean, it, it tastes fine. The snitch fruit was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the bouncing fruit was not. Thank you. I'll have another snitch fruit. Wash the uh, guava taste out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Those seeds are problematic. Now, what was the name of this one again? Uh, I believe it's a mini guava. Mini guava. Do we need to do like a uh, a sister podcast, fruit tasting on the weekends? <laughs> I'm down for that. Fruit, fruit tasting on Fridays. There we go. Working. Wow. Look at that. Okay. Oh, fancy. Might be a little hard to ship cross country, but uh-huh. we'll figure it out. I don't think Harry and David carries uh, golden berries. Probably not. I don't know. I can ask. Just do just do a hundred days of pear involving you. <laughs> purgatory, pear purgatory with Harry and David. I have some more Harry and David pears in the fridge. I'm you've saved you've saved them for him. Yeah, of course. I, well, I was upset because in the last whiskey in the weekends, I gave him a pear. He ate it. He didn't like it. We weren't shocked that he didn't change his mind. Mm. Uh, but I did have twelve that I was going to give him. Uh, and I think that your your girlfriend was going to probably ultimately eat those, but we forgot to give oh, them to you. So. Yeah, we'll figure uh, it out. Sorry about that. I also don't like them as well. She, you don't like pears either? No. She didn't like the golden pear. Well, why, why did I buy 12 of them for you guys? <laughs> well, you had such hopes, sir. <laughs> that's, such hopes. that's really on on you. I don't know why you're accusing them of like, why didn't you like the gift that I got you? <laughs> well, I didn't even give it to them, so it's like yeah. well, I'm wrong like three different ways here. <laughs> she does quite like pears, so maybe the, the silver pears might be a, yeah, a better... Yeah, silver pears. Uh, All right. Okay. Um, next up. Um, so this has been a long time coming, guys. Um, 
everybody who knows us knows that there's a probably a central like repository of maybe eight or ten stories from our collective time together over the years. This one is number one with a bullet. And I've been wondering uh, and, and kind of trying to figure out the right time to debut this story to the podcast audience. I figure with all of us in the same room, same time, over New Year's, this is the perfect time. Spencer, I would like you to tell the New York Mike story. How many times has everyone here heard that story? Not, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, several, I mean you, I know you were there, PJ, because you played a central role in how the story played out. Spencer, you tell stories so beautifully. I had, the, I had the advantage, Mangum, of being the, probably the one person that wasn't drinking in every story, so I have a bit of a memory of them that people otherwise lack. You're underselling your skills. You have a, you have a wonderful way, way of spinning a narrative. I also had the advantage of being basically the designated uh, den mother slash cat lady, so it was kind of my job to keep all of you as sane and alive throughout most of Mangum. So yes, we have heard this story before. Our podcast listeners have not. I think it's a yes, worthy yes. story to tell. Spencer, stop being grumpy because of the mead you drank yesterday. Tell the New York Mike story. I need it now. I need it now. <laughs> Right now. It's happening right in my now. vein. <laughs> all right. Well, as, as all of you know, we all share certain experiences involving Mangum Dorm. Several of us lived in it for certain periods of time. Other of us circled around it. But each of us had our own different perspective on it and the other people that were in it. So we're a pretty diverse collection of people, as it turns out. Some more so than others. Uh, one of the most extreme outliers that we had has to be who we will dub here in New York Mike. Uh, which of you actually met him while he was there or knew him while, while he was... You, you were still in Mangum Dormitory. No, I was outside of Mangum Dormitory, but I visited you guys. Right, and BJ, you showed up for this story, essentially, by uh, sheer fluke. Because Chuka was a roommate of him, right? Uh, Chuka was for a while, yeah. Uh, Chuka, a mutual little, friend of ours. I think a little Gareth, the, exchange, the British exchange student, oh, was a roommate. That was too early. No, no, I think they were. Cause it was a, I think okay. Mike moved in junior year. Okay, good radio. Nobody knows who these people are. <laughs> we're telling our story. They're going to come along for the trip. All right. Uh, but New York Mike, just to give you a visual, was... Is about 6'3", and probably the most stereotypical Guido motherfucker you've ever possibly met or heard of. Jesus. It needs to be said in those terms. <laughs> Picture just a reject from the cast of just Jersey Shore that has stumbled off and failed the audition and made it into our dorm thereafter. He made it into a good good public institution in the state of North Carolina. He um, did. Yeah. Uh, he joined us my junior year. I was in, I was in Mangan for four years, so I got a few stories throughout the process. New York Mike joined us our junior year and quickly fell into a groove of being very friendly... Trying to be quite part of things, but not really ever really fitting in with us at all. And this story kind of embodies one of those examples of New York Mike being a bit different than a lot of us were at that given time. As a result of us, all of us being really close friends, even after people would graduate, they would find the time to come back for various reunions or events. Or even if they left Mangum or still at UNC, we'd all still kind of cluster around pretty much room 106 Mangum Residence Hall. Uh, we were having a bit of a reunion, and things were dialing down. Uh, I distinctly remember Joey being so damn drunk that jo we half carried him to Josh's car so that he could get, he could get his way back home. Um, few of us that remaining were still chatting in the room, which included BJ, who'd come back to visit us despite previously graduating. Uh, I remember talking with Doug, and we were just chatting in the hallway, his back to the main entrance door, when suddenly a rapidly moving blur just hits Doug full speed tackle from behind. You know, like the kind of tackle they advise you never to do on friends because it will cause permanent back injuries. Doug goes just flying into the corner next to the air conditioner unit, and we look down to see New York Mike just laughing his ass off, rolling on the floor. We look down and say, Mike, what the hell are you doing? What the hell happened to your hand? As we look down and just see the open wound that has become this man's fist, of where this guy's hand is split to the point that it is jagged, extending down 
a pretty substantial couple inches down towards his wrist. It's deep enough that you can see the uh, tendon moving underneath the knuckle. Ooh. It Ooh. is Ooh. messy. It is bloody. And this man is too drunk to offer any degree of explanation as to what brought him to this current series of events, other than to just kind of vaguely mumble, I got in a fight. Now, sure. uniquely for the series of events, we were well equipped to deal with this. We had gauze. We had various forms of wraps. We had pre-med students. We had training. We had the tools. We had the technology. We were ready to help this man. But... He only consented to go into the bathroom, where, while washing his hand, he proceeded to continue to just ram his head against the tile wall, and then to stumble over to the toilet, reach around behind it, and find a rag that I guess had probably been there for about the four years I'd been, three years I'd been in Mangum, and proceed to wrap this dirty, terrifying thing around his open wound. Let's call it what it is. It's probably a cum rag. Um, <laughs> very possible. Whoa, it's working blue. Uh, yeah, it seems, seems legit, though. I mean, that's probably what I would do in that situation. Yeah. We continue to try to grill him about what the hell happened and what has brought him to us in this state. <laughs> and we're getting no information out of him. And we're getting occasional flashing details that he immediately contradicts. It's like, Mike, what happened? I don't know. The police are after me. Wait, what? I, I, I don't know. I didn't say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's not a thing you can take back, Mike. <laughs> it's in the world now, but we just assume that he's very drunk, whatever else. We, I think Dustin was there at the time as because he was volunteering the services of his now wife, who was going into nursing school. Yeah. And so she was supposed to be the voice of reason. He'll help him out. He doesn't have to go to the hospital. There doesn't have to be like a police report or, you know, whatever. Nothing official has to happen. And um, I also happened to. Were you carrying have, gauze with you? I actually, I actually had suture. You with had me. sutures with you. Um, and a couple of other uh, asundry tools that I had because of. Um, so I work in a lab, and and I've done a handful of surgeries with animals, and so I, for whatever reason, happened to have some suture on me, and so I was like, hey, like. I have some suture, like I can use it. We have, so, you know, some nursing students. We have people that can help treat this wound that needs a little bit more than a cursory rinse under <laughs> un, under a sink without with tap he, water. With, with, tap, with water. tap water, he refused to use soap because it would hurt. Yes, and, and even using the tap water, he's ramming his head against this tile wall quite hard as he's going through this. Okay, so moral of the story: this guy shows up. He's got a torn up hand, pretty serious wound. Yeah, and he stumbles into a room full of people or a group of people who, who are actually can help to help him yeah. uh, and he flatly refuses so yeah so he, he finds his own treatment yeah he, yeah he the, wraps the dirty a rag. dirty mm-hmm. rag around it and refuses to accept any other treatment or help from us <laughs> so we're like okay we need to take you to the hospital then if you're not going to accept treatment for us that we're perfectly equipped to provide you to a certain degree we need to walk you the what about a mile and a half down to the main, main UNC hospital he again says i can't the police will find me okay you keep saying police. Are they actually after you? No. Okay. <laughs> so well, we get then let's go. <laughs> so we, we get a big bag of ice, which he consents to kind of put on his hand, which we pull out of the main ice maker there. And uh, George and I decide we're going to walk him down. So it's whatever else did about New York, we did care about the guy, and we wanted to make sure he, he, everything worked out okay. So we start walking him down, and throughout this walk, I should have gotten a hint that something was a bit off. At this point? <laughs> yeah, there were a few things that this just looked a warning This is where Sensor thinks things are going sideways. But <laughs> as we're walking, every time a person walks by, a car goes by, he tosses this bag of ice in the bushes as if it's the most incriminating evidence of every crime ever committed. 
To the point that George has to continually go into the bushes to find the bag of ice after the car goes past. But whatever, he's apparently a paranoid drunk. About 60% of the way down to the hospital, I get a call from BJ. Which, I call it, hey, BJ, how's it going? Back when you used to answer your cell phone. Back when I used to answer my cell phone. This was the old little Nokia oh, break. Oh, it was a golden age. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Conversation opens with BJ starts this conversation with, uh, hi, we need to get our stories straight. <laughs> Great conversation, Adam. That's a wonderful that's a way to start a, a conversation. A start. Hey, uh, so we're gonna have to come up with a story here. Uh so uh what do you mean? So the cops showed up and uh Doug lied to them about seeing, knowing, or ever having heard the name New York Mike before. Uh, why are they after him? I don't really know, but since we lied to them and they're after him, uh, check him into a fake name, bye. And you just hung up. Smart. Seems legit. Good work. You conveyed the necessary information to me and your role was done and you were out. Yep. I, I was pretty much the only sober person left yeah. in Mangum, so I, I was willing to communicate the rest of this information. And and Doug, being the the chatty one, was happy to talk with the cops and tell yeah. them whatever they wanted to. And hear. I'd like to point out here. I'm going to reiterate. Mm. BJ is technically a guest. Yeah, you're not point. a student yeah. anymore. <laughs> this is you've graduated. You're is, done with this. He's not living there. He's just visiting. And yeah. He's having to triage a situation with police and an injured drunk. And you can verify this that when the police showed up looking for New York Mike in the dorm. They were standing on pools of his blood as they were talking with Duck. Yeah, I mean, th th there was definitely some blood spots around, and and they they didn't seem concerned by that. It's like normal dorm environments. Yeah. Ah, it's a dorm. Kids, so, are, kids are kids. Yeah. When this man charged down the hallway and was carried to the um, to the bathroom, he was just pouring blood out of his hand the entire time. There were trails going up and down the hall in three separate pathways, escorting this man around. The police are just talking there with Doug. Doug's standing with them in the blood saying, nope, don't do your no, fact. Doesn't he live here? Nope, never heard of him. Never heard of the man. Never yeah. even heard the name. If I need somebody to lie to the police for me, Doug is my man. <laughs> Doug had this guy's back. So anyway, BJ but, tells you, check him in under fake name. Yeah, and so I turned to George and went, okay, hospital's there. We can see the front door. We need a fake name in like 600 yards. George asks no questions. Yes, no reasons <laughs> why we need a fake name. He just immediately starts saying, okay, fake name, go. George is luckily much more creative than I am, because I'm thinking of fake Italian names. Again, he's the very <laughs> stereotypical Guido guy. And I just start thinking of names from The Godfather, because that's all I got. <laughs> so I just start shouting names from The Godfather. It's George, Don just, it's George just gets increasingly just disgusted with me and my lack of creativity. George's like, raises a hand. It's like, no, he is Pauli Caravaggio. It was just it was like this solemn moment of just George has declared this man is now Pauli Caravaggio. We all just go, okay, that works. That is a convincing fake name. Yeah, and there are times just in all of these stories where I hear a detail and I go, I've found my tribe. I've found my people. <laughs> and that in this story, one of those nuggets is when you turn to George and you say, we need to check him in under a fake name. And George goes, okay. <laughs> these are my people. Yeah. They're at the right people. Um, so, Question. I, I don't remember this, this part of the story. What is New York Mike's response to all of this interchange oh. you guys are having? Um, New York Mike is not engaged at all for, 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 for this. He's sobered up a little, but he was like, you know, already at an 11 on the drunk scale and he's down to a 9. So he's forming things that resemble words, but his level of engagement <laughs> with us is pretty limited. Uh, so once we've thought of the fake name, George has thought of the fake name, full credit there, we turn to New York Mike and say, okay. We need to check you in under a fake name. Until we tell you otherwise, you are Pauli Caravaggio. 
To which he responded, no, I'm New York Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. Look here. <laughs> Spencer's doing the, like, looking at uh, yeah. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. You are Polly Carvajal, but I'm not. But you are until we tell you otherwise. And he gets finally, kind of, that he is Polly Carvajal. Didn't you take his IDs? We left his ID back in the... No, it was, it was in my pocket. He, yeah, you took his IDs he, off him. He kept on drop... As we were walking, he kept on like, dropping his wallet and his phone and everything else on the ground. So eventually I just pocketed them in my stereotypical <laughs> cargo pants that I'm always wearing. Um, Very utilitarian. And we ultimately figured this is probably a good idea that maybe if we're checking him under a fake name, he doesn't have an ID that verifies something else. Uh, so we walk into the hospital. He's slowly mumbling under his breath. I'm Polly Caravaggio. I'm Polly Caravaggio. As he's going. <laughs> We arrive at the front desk. We say, okay, this is our friend, Polly. He got uh, hurt. Not, you know, his hands hurt. Uh, can you guys look at it? We're, you know, we're the masters of, you know, hiding things at this point. And there was a flaw in our plan that we hadn't pondered until this moment. And we said, yeah, this, this is our friend. His, his name's Polly Caravaggio. Can we check him in? Of course, the first question the check-in nurse is going to ask is, oh, how do you spell that? And turns to New York Mike to spell the name. <laughs> To the ultimate drunk, skilled credit of this man, he delivers a spelling of Polly Caravaggio on the fly. It's wrong, but it's the spelling of Polly Caravaggio. But when you say it's wrong... It was not how I would have spelled Polly Caravaggio. Okay, he adds some extra letters. Because we had an, a, a completely made-up name, and you have a definitive spelling that you're judging I was invested in this him name by the time we already got it. We check him in. They print out a bracelet that says Polly Caravaggio right then and there. <laughs> I'm sad that we don't have that. It was saved for a period, but we don't know where it is anymore. Um, they wrap it in a boom. We say, okay, uh, Polly, uh, call us. We can come back and get you. Everything's going to be fine. We'll, we'll hear from you later. You guys got him? Great. And we start to walk back, just laughing our ass off that we're content the story's done and we can just go home and rest. Because it's late. This the time New York Mike, uh, Polly uh, Carvajal, I'm using both names now. What should we call Merit? <laughs> New York Mike. New York Mike. I was protecting the name already. Yeah, yeah. And, and just so the listeners know, we weren't, everyone wasn't calling him New York Mike. The police weren't calling him New York. We're <laughs> using that pseudonym, so yeah. we're not actually saying his name. So um, we're content this is over. As we're going back, though, uh, I think I'd given him his cell phone back so he could call us. I keep getting text messages from him throughout the entire walk back saying, put it in the oven, you fucks. Don't eat it until I get there. I bought it. You can't eat it. It's like, what the hell is this? We arrive back at Mangum Dorm just in time for the Gumby's Pizza guy, which no longer exists, sadly, but yeah. Gumby's Pizza was a fixture of UNC while we were there. In particular, their infamous cheesy bread. Pokey sticks. Their pokey, pokey sticks, sticks, which is cheesy bread. Uh, this guy is holding a box of pokey sticks the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> They would it's, give you a big portion. It, it is the, the, the table we're sitting at, it was basically this table of pokey sticks. There's a yeah. substantial portion of this table. 40, 40 inch pie. It, yeah. it was impressive. And, it was for, impressive. and for six bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gumby's, Gumby's was popular because it was greasy. Uh, it was terrible for you. Big portions, and it was cheap. Yeah. And it was open late. They were open like oh, two, yeah. two it, three in the morning. It was the so. perfect college food for us. This guy is already giggling as we're showing up saying, I didn't think you guys would be here. <laughs> what do you mean? He said, yeah, we got a call from a guy who said, I'm running from the police, they're probably going to arrest me, but my friends will pay for this. 
He's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like, I, I just wanted to show up to see if you guys would actually be here. Fine, here's your pizza, pay me. So shout out to that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd have got that call. I'd have been like, uh, sure. <laughs> I'd absolutely do, do what he did. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, really, it's, it's two, see that's true. three in the morning, you're showing up to a college dorm, uh, people are drunk. It's, it's, it's uninteresting. But you get a story of like, hey, I'm running from the cops. I'm running from the cops. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to see this one out. Yeah, um, so he delivers this to us, gives us a little bit of an explanation, still laughing his ass off about the story. We proceed to eat about 95% of these pokey sticks immediately. <laughs> I love that. He's telling you, just don't eat it, just don't eat it. And you see, like, well, oh, that's what he was talking about. Anyway, you want to eat it? <laughs> we paid, he claimed like he paid in advance. No, bullshit. We paid for this. He did not read out his credit card as he was running from the place. <laughs> so we paid for that. We ate most of it. About this point, New York Mike shows back up. His hand wrapped up. With now a sober eye, a bit more of an explanation of some of the events that led to this story starting. Apparently, New York Mike had recently broken up with a girlfriend and had run into her and her new squeeze on the P2P bus. All of them were of a similar fighty mindset. All of them were about at the same level of intoxication. So they start to square off on the P2P. So the P2P is a uh, late night, I believe, uh, smaller bus that... It's not a big bus. Yeah, so it's probably 12-seater or something like that. A little more than that, but it stands for point-to-point. It sort of navigates people from dormitories and UNC to Franklin Street, which is the sort of main thoroughfare where all the bars are and where people want to go. I mean, let's call it what it is, and every college has this. It's a drunk bus. It's a drunk bus. It's a drunk bus. And there's not, like, enough space on here for people to square off. There is a row in the middle. There are seats. Yeah. It's the short bus for a reason. Yeah. Uh, There's no fighting arena to be found on this particular mode of transportation. Especially not late at night, which is typically packed. You're sort of, like, this is a club atmosphere. We're we're, we're, we're together. We're all packed in like sardines. Yeah. Um, So he's apparently going to fight on the bus. Yeah, they're going to fight. They're squaring off. They're cutting the bro kind of thing as this conversation is going down. And uh, New York Mike, who, if you guys remember, was a big dude. He, he, he was tall, he was pretty well built. Decides that he's going to start this fight off by doing an intimidating gesture. <laughs> so I wish, I so wish this was a video podcast. Because Spencer just did a little right hook. Yeah. <laughs> With his thumb all the way out yeah, front. Yeah. And that desperately wants I'm to I'm not making it. the intimidating gesture here. This is no, a David, you're not. <laughs> this is definitely a David Attenborough. Um, yes. This is humans in their natural habitat look. He's going to try to establish dominance yes. over, over the this rival was male. The, the, the male of the species. Yes. <laughs> male of the species has now displayed his plumage. And is eager to express the full intent of his aggressive aura. While some might consider this a fine assessment of the male, clearly... The female thinks otherwise. Yeah, clearly, the female has already rejected his advances and has found a superior partner. However, he is still desiring to express his romantic overtures. He approaches drunk teens. He walks a step forward and he proceeds to do his aggressive gesture of he punches in the air. Because that's apparently the best you can think of at this moment. However, there's a flaw in his plan in that the P2P roof is about a foot over your head, if that. If you're six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> six, 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 six. Some, some of us are like, oh, that, that's six feet. I can do whatever I want in that space. You're seeing clouds moving overhead. <laughs> well, he proceeds to punch very forcefully up in the air, goes clean through the plastic like liner that's on the roof, and dents the metal with a fist size impression. We know this because he later gets the bill. But that, we'll get to that point in the story later. He screams, fuck! The driver slams in the brakes and reaches out the window to gesture to the two Chapel Hill Police Department cops that happen to be driving in parallel to the P2P bus at this time, saying essentially, get him off. New York Mike dives out of the window of the bus, 
rolls and proceeds to get into a foot chase with Chapel Hill's finest. I'm going I'm to point out, I'm always going to choose to believe that the police were trailing that bus because Mike was on it. <laughs> they, <knew it> <laughs> they received prior notice. Just, just in case something goes haywire here. That, that is entrapment. Uh, he proceeds to ru- start running away from the police, and about midway through this pretty high-speed sprint through the streets of Chapel Hill, he thinks to himself, you know what, I'm kind of hungry. Pulls out his phone, he, which... He was depleting his glycogen stores for, for, with that sprint and needed to uh, juice back up. Losing blood, too. Yeah. He pulls out his phone, which coats in blood, which I didn't notice this when I put it in my pocket, that it was actually stained with blood, uh, and presses speed dial for Gumby's Pizza and says to them, Hi, I'm hungry. I want this. The police will probably arrest me before I can get it, but my friends will pay for it. Deliver it here. And just hangs up on them before they can really respond to provide much kind of information. Uh, he's telling us all this, and he's also saying what happened at the hospital after we left. Because, again, we didn't really think it through that the police, knowing a description of the suspect, his name, and the nature of his injury, might be inclined to check the hospital to see if he is there. So they got the name probably from the ex-girlfriend. Oh, the ex-girlfriend provided a full account. Snitch. I don't like that. (laughs) Don't appreciate it, Levi. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the hospital looking for a person with a broken hand that matches that description and is by that name. They walk in to find he's still sitting in the waiting room with the obviously broken hand. They're matching everything that they're looking for. So they walk up to him and say, Hi, you're New York Mike, aren't you? To which he's sobered enough, apparently the police may have helped with that, say, No, I'm Pauli Caravaggio. Your hand's broken. You match your description. We've got several witnesses' accounts. You're New York, Mike. Come on. No, I'm Polly Caravaggio. They go up to the front desk to confirm the ID. To which, the hospital clerk looks at the record and says, No, he's Polly Caravaggio. They ask for his ID, and he doesn't have it because it's in my pocket. And so Chapel's Finest leaves, unable to confirm the identification of the broken hand Guido in their hospital waiting room. Malicious compliance. <laughs> the hospital employee's just like, I don't know. This is what he says he is. Checked in under Polly. I love Chapel Hill Police. Like, I'll tell a side story. I always take a break. So I was, um, eight, I was 18 years old. I was walking to Franklin Street from a house that was close to it. We were going to go drinking. I had to go cup. Had a full cup of beer. Police pull up. They uh, asked me if I was 21. I said, no. They said, what's that in your cup? I said, a beer. Uh, it came up. He said, all right. Um, well, I'm going to need you to toss that. I said, okay. And at, at that point, I was happy because I was like, that's all that's going to happen. I have to toss it. But then he said, hold on. Give, give it to me. And he shook it. And it was full. He said, I'll just go and drink it. Chapel Hill Police they're the best Yeah. alright so the Chapel Hill Police leave the hospital they leave the hospital very obviously pissed off that they can't confirm the ID of the person they know is New York Mike New York Mike goes in to get his hand treated New York Mike throughout I should mention this throughout our walk and throughout when we say we're taking the hospital continued to protest that he didn't have insurance and so couldn't pay for it to which he said they can't refuse you treatment It'll be fine. You need your hand treated if you're not going to accept it from us. And also, he's a student and has student insurance, so... Yeah. But anyway, yeah. whatever. My, minor details. It just, he, he, was, was, he was working on being Polly Carvaggio. Yeah. 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 Also, that hand, not going to heal itself. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, so, he gets his hand wrapped up, sutured up, treated. And he's still convinced that if they have enough time to give him a bill, he's fucked. So, he needs to find a way out of here without paying. According to him, he essentially, upon them wrapping his hand, saying, okay, we're done, we'll take you to the front, says, oh, great. Uh, hey, look over there. And the nurse and doctor turn over there, and he just books it out of the hospital. <laughs> just sprints out the doors, out of the waiting room, gone. Of all of the things in this story, 
That's the one I'd pay the most money to see. <laughs> so I was this poor nurse. Hey, look over there. <laughs> and I have, I have this vision of the nurse looking over there and then him like running out and everyone's seeing what he's doing. Like, oh, it's not no, like he, he didn't pull some caper. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody sees the guy. <laughs> uh, and the nurse who, by the way, nurse in the ER at a college campus on the night shift is just like, I don't even pay enough just for this go. shit. Uh, it's not my problem. Yeah. So, New York Mike has come back to the dorm. He's explaining to us all of this while still cursing us for eating all of his pokey sticks. And he's telling us this in a dorm room with an open door at the same place the police had previously gone to look for him where his blood is still lining up and down the hall for the janitorial staff to clean the next day. Our friend Clint, who's the only person who's looking at the doorway, about... 90% 90% of the way through this story, not at the end, the story continued for about three minutes afterwards, has gone white as a sheet. I would start giggling. And, yeah. He's blanched. He's vaguely shaking. He's kind of reaching out to touch me. He's like trying to get my attention. And finally, we pay enough attention to turn to look at what he's staring at. To see four members of Chapel Police Department, they're just their heads in the dorm room like the Brady Bunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, staring in, all just smiling as they've gotten their full confession to everything that they need to <laughs> in the open dorm. One of them points and says, literally, dude, you didn't even change your shirt. <laughs> Apparently it was the same ho- same uh, police officer that they go on to uh, check him in the hospital. I, again, I love Chapel Hill Police. They're giving him a tip for next time. Next time, change your shirt, your, your shirt right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Step your game up. Come on. New York Mike is fully sober at this point. He says, oh, you need me to come with you? And just walks out. <laughs> Very politely extends his hands. They handcuff him right there. <laughs> leads, him out of the do- leads him out of the dorm. He just screams out to, out to us, pick him up, pick me up when they're done. <laughs> uh, this point, it's like 3 or 4 a.m. But we finally get a booking call from him saying, uh, they're done checking me and I, I can go home now. So we drive out to the police station which is actually kind of farther away from us than I thought it was. Like, not that far in reality, but to a college student, it, 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 it felt it's a ways far. Out up eighty-six. Yeah, it's it's probably what maybe three, four miles. Who had a not car? that far hmm? from South Campus? Who had a who? They weren't South you, Campus. They were North Campus. I didn't have a car. Uh, I didn't drive. I actually Casey. It would have been Casey, two miles, maybe. It but might have been Casey or Doug. Oh. Doug had a car too. Okay, yeah, about about two miles. Anyway, you, you guys got got him. I think it was Doug that was driving us. Yeah, you uh, got him there. Doug get Doug gets us over there. We pick him up. We drive him back, content once again that the story's over, uh, and we're wrong again. Uh, because the uh, crime blotter, the, uh, about two days later, ran a story on New York. You guys remember the little crime blotter that was in, always talking about the little crimes committed on campus? That was one of the, the, the prizes of the Daily Tar Hill. It, it was a prize that we would occasionally notice people from our dorm in there. Well, and also they would, I mean, like most, I imagine most client, uh, uh, crime sections of papers, they're... They know people are, are looking for fun stories. Yeah. They want to play it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, there was an entry for New York Mike. We never noticed if there was an entry for Polly Caravaggio running out of the hospital. We didn't notice if that was ever put in there. But there was an entry for New York Mike uh, that opens with uh, New York Mike, age 27, uh, was involved in an altercation on the P2P bus and was eventually arrested. It's little details like that. The 27 part catches us off guard. Because, again, we're all college students at this point. 21, 22, 20. That's about the range. 27's a bit old. And New York Mike is, we know, not that. So we all turn to him at the same time. We're all reading this in a massive cluster. It's like eight of us reading the newspaper at the same time. And you're 27? And he starts cursing up a storm. He starts hammering on walls, punching objects, screaming. 
as he realizes, for no good reason, he decided to give the police his fake ID when they booked him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, and in the same night, he booked, he checked in to a hospital under a fake name, yep. and then got arrested and gave the police a fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> like and not a just, Russian troll. Not just any fake ID either. This was one of the, he lost his ID for a variety of reasons, but he had a friend with the uh, New York DMV who had, using their resources, produced an actual ID that just wasn't real. Respect. That's a, a crime. That's a, that's a pretty serious crime on it's several It's a crime, counts. but it's legit. It's I mean, legit. It's, it, 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 this is the real license. This is not a friend that looks like me. This is not a, a, a mail order thing. I don't no. get why they made him 27, though. We've got, a, we've got a title of the pod. It's a crime, but it's legit. It's a crime. Thank you, Levi. Title of the pod. Uh, so, nearby is cursing of a storm, because... This is actually a pretty serious crime that he could go down for and his friend could go down for in a bad way. Chapel Hill's finest never really investigates this further to ask any questions. <laughs> Fake IDs in Chapel Hill is a don't ask, don't tell. We, yeah, we pretty really much. don't care. Uh, New York Mike, shortly thereafter, receives a bill from the city of Chapel Hill for the damage to the P2P bus. Because apparently his fist in punching through that plastic liner and denting the roof inflicted, I, I want to remember this best I can, I think it was $1,560 in damages to the roof of the P2P bus. According to them. They should have gone for a total. Just just write it off. <laughs> His fist broke it fundamentally. Um, a detail to point out about New York Mike, though, was that in spite of every other aspect of his character that continually got him involved in many of these foundational stories of Mangum, many of these stories that we still love to talk about involving this man, the man was born under a lucky star. Whenever he got himself in a situation of where he should have been inevitably screwed, some miraculous event would emerge by which he would continue to skate through life. This miraculous event was that the day before the bill showed up, he was playing online poker. And playing online poker, he'd won $5,600 in one night. The day before he, the bill arrived that he had to pay. <laughs> Good gracious. So he pays it and is still left over with an even 4000 bucks to continue his wastrel activities for the rest of his art. My junior year. I think he was a sophomore at the time. So what you're telling me is he turned a profit through all this? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. He ended up net up for this entire, entire story. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's one of my favorite stories from Megum. And I actually have a slightly different view of this. because You, I was, you had uh, a different perspective. Pl please, tell us. But, but before we get into it too much, we uh, should introduce our, our second whiskey of the podcast. And people that have been following us will know that we uh, pretty much always do two whiskeys. Um, and we're having a foreign whiskey uh, episode. So this is a French single malt. Um, it's going to be a little um, campfire-y for you, Spencer, because uh -oh. it you. is uh -oh. cast strength. Um, it is aged in cognac barrels, so it Ooh, should have it a little that bit of that mm -hmm. what, uh, flavoring what, to it. What is the proof on this? Don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry okay. about it. You're we'll fine. find out. You're fine. Um, I will enjoy the burn. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy, guys. It's a New York Mike. It's a New York Mike. Whiskey Francais. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I really taste the cognac. Yeah, on that. The French I can really, I can actually taste the cognac that, that, a lot. That is a lot of uh, grape on the finish. That is, yeah, that is too much. I for like me. it, but uh, yeah, that's a kick to it. That's uh, that's the French playing a trick on us. We'll just say we'll just say it's whiskey, but it's really just cognac. Yeah. Okay. So this is Vicomte. Yeah. Uh, okay, and it uh, what's the price point on that? Oh, that's a. It's got a price tag on it right there. Seventy five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> How many pods have we done, Spencer? You couldn't read it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, well, the listeners have a little bit more trouble reading it through the. Microphone. He could read it aloud. 
Um, and so, uh, yeah, I found this and I was quite excited. You don't often find cast strength whiskeys. Um, this is actually a 136.6 proof for you, Spencer. Or, sorry, 135. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, Bisky, uh, um, uh, BJ's uh, girlfriend just tried it, and I think she fell over. Yeah, <laughs> this is—I um, don't know if we discussed it on the podcast, but I mean, this is not that much different from 151. Um, yeah, and we're just sipping really, it. This is very different from 151. It comes to taste. Yes, BJ took this is grave offense. Umbridge. This is 68 percent alcohol by volume. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, it, it drinks a lot smoother than, than 151. Absolutely, because, I mean, if we haven't known this you, story, I mean, I, I used to drink 151. And I used you to have a Mountain Dew Chaser. I used to have three cups. I'd have 151. I'd have a Chaser. Mm-hmm. Generally a cola. Uh, BJ throws in a Mountain Dew because one time there was only Mountain Dews available in the uh, vending machine in the dormitory. And you had, like, um, got six of them. And the third cup was a spit cup. Because when you drink gasoline, you need to spit sometimes. And I'll, I'll tell you, I know we're getting a little off to, uh, having a tangent here, but I'll tell you, one of my favorite things to do, or, or favorite things I had to do in undergrad is I had desperate friend groups. I had you know, a group of friends that, and another group of friends that didn't know each other. And Levi would come to the group of friends that didn't know you guys at all. And he would have the spit cup. And he would be <laughs> spitting into the cup. And they'd be like, is he, is he taking dip? I'm like, no. That's just how he drinks. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, he's drinking 151. And they're like, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> As a side note, do you recall? Um, I think we were, it was a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Um, we were over at an apartment on 86 MLK. Yep. And uh, I'd had too much to drink the night of. And, and the next day, my stomach felt funny. I'm like, I'm not hungover because you typically get headaches with, with that, not, not just stomach pain. Um, and I was obviously wrong um <laughs> yeah levi no bullshit one of the smartest guys i know he told me he wasn't hung over because his stomach hurt not his head and i was like you know it's like this weird thing like when when somebody you know is like really bright just said something really fucking stupid <laughs> you and, and shout out to you though you held on to that for like two months <laughs> yeah. you did not immediately yeah. say you were wrong <laughs> You had the best reactions, too, when you were drunk on 151. You would just do the oddest things when you were like that way. Like, there was a time when you fell asleep on your floor, just wrapped up like a mummy, just in the middle of the ground floor of your room. You needed to get snowed up. And it was actually even funnier because I had gone out with the girl I was dating at the time and a couple of her friends, and we walked back into my room that I roomed with Levi. The lights were completely off. And Levi basically looked like a vampire with his arms crossed (laughs) across his chest, completely passed out and snoring. And I tried to wake him up and say, hey, like, you know, do you want to get in the bed? Like, we kind of were going to get some stuff. And it wasn't particularly late. It was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Like, (laughs) this was not two in the morning and I was being a completely dick roommate. This was a relatively normal hour for college students to be awake. And... He, he didn't budge, didn't bat an eye. He was just there, and he's a little bit larger than I am, so uh, he, I wasn't going to be moving him. Yeah. I've seen Levi sleep that way, too, and, and, uh, and I always just assumed he was being courteous because he's drinking 151, so if he dies, we can just carry him out. <laughs> he's already just, in casket just put form. Him into the casket. Yeah. <laughs> he's just being a good friend. I, I, I remember one time, I think it was the first time I ever met Siri. Um, was I think we were watching the championship game. It was it was one of the UNC basketball games, Ooh. and I was up in my lofted bed because I was I just curled up in my bed watching the game from up there. And 
What? Which one are you going? This one I remember is that we, for like two years, didn't realize we actually need to put the crossbar to to loft the bed. So we're just literally using the little about three inch metal pins to support this thing aloft. And we never understood that was a problem for like years. Uh, And you walked in and you're very drunk on 151. So you just kind of reach over and just put all your weight on my lofted bed. Like, Levi, it's pretty unstable. Don't do that. And so you look at me. You look back at the bed, you stare at it really intently, and then you just punch it full force. <laughs> <laughs> and the bed immediately buckles and caves. And you remember, there was a couch under my bed where Adam, Siri, and a lot of other people are sitting. We all dive to get out of the way as I'm just going down. Look, I, look I'm going to stick up for Levi here. I think he was just doing some quality QC. <laughs> quality control on the lofting. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That story, by the way, sh- bravo, Spencer. Another good telling. Well, I love that story. I think I gotta, hold on a second. Please. You so so I have my, a, a oh, little, yeah. little yeah. bit to add. So, Different color. Yeah. 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 You, were, you were in the room the whole time. I, so and I was and in the room. sober, as previously <laughs> established. Sober, yeah. And sober. So um, the reason that I was there, because this wasn't a New Year's. This was just sort of a random This is a random event. Yeah. Um, I think we, stuck, we stuck, a, stuck a beer can and a chicken and invited people over. That that was a different night. That was, that was another different. Okay. Um so the girl that I was dating at that time had gotten an interview for dental school at UNC. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, we can share the drive and I can visit my friends while you do your interview and, you know, I can hang out with them and, and you know, I'll pick you up, whatever. And she's like, okay, great, you know, sounds good. And so we were staying... Uh, maybe the Carolina Inn. We we're staying relatively Ooh, close, or something like that. She, she, mm-hmm. she had a nice job. Um, so um, I had borrowed her car to drive over to the dorms to to meet up with these guys, and so I was staying reasonably sober so I could drive back. And this was the first year after you graduated. It was not that long after you mm, left. I don't know. Maybe two. Right. I think I first year, but yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty close. Yeah, fairly close. But all right, guys, I know we're doing a lot of inside baseball here. We're probably losing some uh, listeners, but. You drove from the Carolina Inn to Mangum Dormitory? Yes. Very very, very close, which I also... Loyalty. That is like 0.1 miles away. <laughs> very short walk. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Anyway. It was right down the street, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It might have been. It might not have been the Carolina Inn. I don't remember exactly. No. I, I, I was trying to, to like remember exactly. Anyway. Two matter. city blocks. Yeah. Um, and so I was saying, reasonably sober, I had couple of drinks and so basically this story unfolds where this random dude that i don't know you've never met him runs in tackles one of my friends bleeding all over the place and i'm just like what the fuck is going on who is this dude? yeah you're like i leave for six months you were looking to leave you leave pretty soon too because this party was yeah. already over most yeah. people have left so so we we did sort of our normal things we drink a little bit we play a bunch of halo we catch up we talk yeah. and you know it's winding down and i've already had like a relatively long day drove like the six hours or whatever it is down to chapel hill and and I'm like, all right, you know, guys, I'm going to head out. And, and then it just it happens. And, you know, I play my role. But for the most part, for me, it's just like, I, I'm done. Like, I just need to extricate myself from this. And so I was like, all right, Spencer, get your story straight. This is what's happening. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm fucking tired. And, you know, I'm trying to wrangle this guy. I see somebody injured. I try and, you know, help out. But but I'm trying to, to end my night. Mm-hmm. And... 
this was and i was just like is is this how things are now like like i i, I left and just like this is crazy yeah and <laughs> this so, is new normal. so at, by the time we wrap things up i get back to the uh hotel room at like 3 30 in the morning or something like that and i pass out uh, i'm just done i've been up for way too long and um the girl i was dating becky she goes off to her interview and apparently left something in the room. And so she calls my cell phone. No answer. <laughs> she has the she calls to, to the hotel front desk and they call the room phone. No answer. <laughs> and now she's getting more nervous because you know her interview's coming up. So she, she comes back to, to, to the room and get gets whatever it is. She goes to her interview and she comes back and she's just like what the fuck? Like, I called you and you, you were just there. Like, I even went into the room and, like, said your name. Like, what happened? I was just like, just don't ask. Like, you have no idea what happened. Long story. Yeah. It's a long Big, story. It's a long time. Yeah. We'll talk about it some in, other time. In 10 years, we'll record a podcast. It'll all make sense. <laughs> Maybe I'll send her the link and it's like, okay, so this is what actually happened. <laughs> Wait, are we, we already living off campus at that point? Yeah, no. I, I had graduated the previous year, so BJ would have been two years out of... Um, okay. school because I, was, I wasn't there um, Chuka would have been his roommate at the time because Chuka needed to stay another um, half semester to graduate New York Mike changed a few roommates so yeah he went through a few um, but yeah I mean that's a I, that was not like the manga that I grew up in uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. kids uh, these days and I, gotta, yeah. and I gotta say this New York Mike he was actually a, a nice guy he really did mean well he just got himself in these kinds of situations that just make for wonderful stories. I think maybe a little he he overdrank and had a had an inner temper that, oh, that came yeah. out. Overserved. He was yeah. overserved. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it, by himself. Which is sort of a long running joke between Terry and I, uh, Lee and I, is that drugs don't make you do things. Like you want to do things and <laughs> they drugs ex- things. accentuate the process. And so yeah. this 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 like sort of trope between the two of us came about when I don't know if you remember. Florida man, of course. I'm here. High on bath salts, ate a dude's face. Yeah, yeah, that was everyone, very near me. And everyone was like, "Man, these bath salts are out of control. They're making people eat people's faces." And I, me and Levi were sitting in the living room. I was just like, "Yeah, no, no, I've done drugs. They don't make you eat people's faces. <laughs> There's something else going on here. Yeah, you give me faces. bath salts today, I'm not eating somebody's face. I can promise you that." And then a week later, it comes out that he had smoked pot three weeks ago or something. And you're like, "Yeah, exactly. He's a crazy person." Uh, <laughs> This is not pot, this is not bath salts, this is a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Spencer, thank you so much for telling that story. Of course. It's an incredible story. I'm probably going to make you tell it every six months for the rest of your life. Um, But you at least gotten very, very good at it. What I love about that story, too, is you heard it for the first time we were helping you move out like a year after it happened. And after me telling you that story, you turned to me and went, we're friends now, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like... Yeah, you know, Spencer and I are very close friends now, but I wasn't close friends with him for a long time. Uh, during when we were telling all these stories about college, Spencer and I were not close. Uh, but afterwards, the Mangum crew was still sort of close, and and I was kind of a part of that. I never stayed in the dorm, but you guys kind of adopted me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer told me that story, and I just thought, this is an untapped well. Like I have to be, I have to talk to this guy more. <laughs> uh, and we've been friends ever since. Okay, well, thank you, Spencer. Let's move on to our next agenda topic. Oh, we have more. We do indeed. We got a couple more. Um, we can go long form. We're not under the gun. We're not going to a wedding like mm-hmm. last time. Uh, Levi, you have a story about how your friends uh, really came through for you in the clutch at a strip club. <laughs> oh, uh, we let you down. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's backstory. So, coming up on New Year's, we typically get together as, as a friend group for New Year's. Um, back at our sort of mid 
This is after early we, mid twenties. This is after we graduated. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but sort of in our mid twenties, we before I was married. <laughs> important detail. detail. Um, <laughs> before anyone she here, she listening. Before anyone was was uh, really married, um, we would get together. We you know have a little house party. We would drink, um, and typically around twelve twelve thirty, we decide, hey, you know what we need to do. We need to go to a strip club. It, was a, it became a New Year's tradition, really. It became a tradition. Cabs um, are here. Cabs are here. Who? Uh, <laughs> Cabs, Cabs are here. Cabs are here. Um, I mean, one of these times, BJ uh, fell asleep there, and we ran that interference. That was time. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, that was no, no, okay. no. You fell asleep in a strip club in Raleigh. It was the men's club. Um, we were over at Chris's place. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That year, yeah. This is one uh, in when we were in Chapel Hill. We went to a place in Durham. <laughs> BJ's uh, girlfriend was just shaking her head in the back. <laughs> But um, <laughs> so I, I told her most of these stories like shortly after we started dating. Uh, yeah, sure. Which, by the way, I mean, none of us super wanted to go to a strip club as such. It's more of just like it happened once, and then we decided to just keep going. Was this teasers? Yes, it was teasers. This was teasers. Um, so one time, so we decided, hey, we're gonna go to a strip club. We you know call a cab. This guy picks us up, takes us over there. It's a little beaten up van. This guy is 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 immensely overweight. Um, he's he's a bit rough, but we're like, hey, you know. Hey, Really appreciate picking us up. Yeah, um, we're gonna be done about two fifteen, two thirty. If you pick up, pick us up, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you, don't, you, have to, you don't have to go through your cut uh, company. We can just you know, pay yeah. you cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, he's a nice guy. Go to the strip club. We you know just have a couple of drinks, hang out. Maybe someone gets a lab dance. I don't know what's going on here. Um, two thirty, mm-hmm. two fifteen or so rolls rolls around. The you know, lights come up. People are kicking out. Uh, we go outside and we're waiting for the cab to come up and we're waiting for all of our friends to, to, to come up front. Mm-hmm. Um, it is myself, uh, Terry, um, another person, Chris, and then uh, Douglas Sparrow. Lee, Terry. Lee, Terry. Terry, mm-hmm. Terry Lee. Um, and uh, we're waiting there. Cab rolls up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, of, one of the members is not here quite yet. So we're like, okay, that, that's fine. I'll walk over to the cab and say, hey, um, give us five, ten minutes. We'll be out. We'll be ready to go. He's like, eh, eh, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but there's this group of sort of like rockabilly hipster guys um, who are standing there, mm-hmm. uh, and they have like couple, two, three guys and a couple of girls. Like they clearly gone out for the night, um, and they were annoyed that our cab driver wouldn't take them because the cab driver had agreed to pick us up. He's falling through with a, con- a verbal contract. He's, he's being reasonable. Mm-hmm. They're like. What's wrong, you fat fuck? Why won't you take us? Like they're being a little aggressive, a little, yeah. a little mean. It's like I don't know. This guy said he picked someone up. He's taking them. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side note, um, important context. This is before Uber, before Lyft, before yeah. the sort of ease of getting a taxi. This is back when you had to sort of call ahead or probably like 2010, 2011. Has it been that long? Yeah, yeah. It's about, Pro- probably, about that time probably about then. Yeah. Um, and so at some point. I'm feeling a little feisty. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm going to walk over there and settle this crap. This is bullshit. Like, this is, this is nonsense. They're berating a guy who's doing his job and is being, being a solid person mm-hmm. um, for no good reason. I'm like, I walk up. I'm like, hey, we have a problem here? Played <laughs> <laughs> by the policeman. <laughs> no problem here? And you walk uh, up alone. I, I walk up alone and say, hey, we got a problem here. Um, and like, this fucker won't take us. And I was like, well, yeah, he's going to take us. Uh, we agreed to this. Yeah. Uh, he's being a reasonable person. Call a taxi. They, they exist. I, <laughs> I, I can find a number for you. If you it's a strip club. They show up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm like, what the fuck's your problem? And, and, and you know, things escalate here or there. At some point, I'm like, you know what? I'd probably had a couple of drinks that night. Uh, I felt, you know, 
Let's do this. Let's let's get into let's this. Square off. <laughs> I think these hipster motherfuckers aren't going to step. Um, and so I'm like, okay, look, guys. Uh, I think this is be- you're being a little unreasonable. This guy, he's being a, be- being a good dude. Um, if you have a problem, you have a problem with us. So let's just take care of it right here. And I go to take my jacket off, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, hey, I've got a guy who's like country strong. I've got a guy who's a martial arts instructor, yeah. and I've got a trained killer from the army. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you got you got options here. Like I got people with me. It's great. I turn behind, look around. Terry's a little slumped off. Uh, Chris is on his phone, like texting somebody. I don't know. Um, and 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 Doug is nowhere to be found. Um, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Fuck. And they were all right behind you when you started this. They should call it drifted off as the conversation. No, no, no. They, they were on the stoop, and I sort of walked out to sort of go go mm. there. But I, I assume they would sort of pay attention to the fact that I went up and I'm in this conversation. No. And they're just very nonplussed, non interested in this whole. This whole. Okay, quick question for you, Leo. Are you sure I was slumped off, or are you sure that um, maybe you guys were waiting on me? Because my my memory is you guys couldn't leave because I was still in the club. It might have been. It might have been true. That might have been true. And that I was really the the, the problem here because you could have just left, but I hadn't left the club yet. So everybody's waiting, and this poor taxi driver is getting berated. That might have been true. I I I just assumed that it was Doug sort of having a conversation with stripper um, as Doug is wont to do. Like, hey, let's just discuss world politics, uh, which. He's done. That's Doug. Yeah. So, so have you read Flatland? Yeah. <laughs> Different person, the same principle. So you um, now you've picked a fight with some people, and you I've uh, picked your a fight. Are no you have no backers. I, I, I know backup. Um, and I'm sort of taking my jacket off. I've got this little like hairy bone jacket. I'm sort of taking it off. And these rockabilly hipsters are like, okay, we're gonna do this. And 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 God bless um, the girlfriends in the group or the girls in the group. There's like, what are we doing? We're getting in a fight in front of a strip club yeah, over, uh, a over a taxi. <laughs> uh, we can call a taxi, uh, which I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I want to ride this one out and see where it goes, but I appreciate what you're doing right now. Um, but that's that's such like a like like shout out to women. Like that's you need women in that situation, right? Because like it's escalating, and they're finally like, wait a second, let's take a fifty thousand foot view of what the hell is happening. <laughs> this is really this stupid. Preposterous perspective, <laughs> which. After I was done, after you know they they backed off like hey, okay, okay we'll 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 get another taxi. I'm like okay, I guess fine. And I, I remember thinking like this was really dumb. Like this is not <laughs> yeah. the smartest move in my yeah. part. I'm sort of defending the honor of a taxi driver in front of a strip club, um, and like there's no purpose to any of this. But I, I it's a good story, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully that guy respects me for yeah. this and has no memory of me whatsoever because yeah. he's just a random drunk guy in front of. A Great story. Trip I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective what was going on. I was inside. Um, <laughs> and I came out late, maybe like 2.30. Um, and I remember when I was leaving, because I was in the back room, I was, uh, I was uh, talking about stock tips. Um, and we were doing uh, math and uh, other uh, high-level things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Explaining yeah. derivatives, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you were doing you know, some... I had a chalkboard. It was a whole Teaching thing. calculus. Anyway, I came out to the front room where everybody is, and the lights were completely on. Like, and if you ever go to a strip club, like, it's always dim lights. Mm-hmm. But it was so, I left so late, they turned all the lights on and they were sweeping. As, like, a, as a side note, <laughs> yeah. is that an attractive way of looking at a strip club with all the lights on, sort of glaring? Oh, it's I, the man behind the curtain, man. It's so sad. <laughs> You're like, this is not a good place. Just a great background. What can, y'all, what can y'all tell us about teasers as a quality establishment? They know what they are. Let's, they know what let's, they put, are. It, let's put it that way. Um, it is the Waffle House of strip clubs. Which... I'm confused why they're still in business because Durham, if people haven't grown up and sort of experienced Durham, I mean, Durham's undergone a rebirth. It was, it, 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 was, it was a sort of crime cesspool in a lot of people's minds for many years. 
um, but it's now developed, and that that area that they're in, they still are there, and it's bougie, bougie restaurants. Yeah, and, it's old school down yeah. though. It's um, a ton around. And Teasers is a fixture. I assume they have like a long term <laughs> lease, or uh, they. Uh, <laughs> Spencer. All right, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. We have to pause here. The the socks that I dramatically took out of my pocket that my wife was nice enough uh, to wash for Spencer that are going up on nine years old that have holes in them. Spencer just put them back on his feet. His, to- <laughs> his toesies are cold. They're really cold. Yeah, he's a little chilly. They feel better now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Teasers is a place where I mean, you're not getting A talent. You're not necessarily getting B talent. You're not expecting it. People are trying like. People on their good days would be B-talent there, and they, they know what they are. They're just, like, hanging out. Um, I mean, I like me some good D-talent. Which, yeah, and hold on. While we're talking about... Wait a second. All right, good joke. Uh, <laughs> to BJ. Um, when we was talking about talent, I think that you would probably think he's talking about the dancers. And that is somewhat true, but... All the way through the establishment yes. is, is D-Town, right? <laughs> it's like the guy taking your money like might, may miss you. Like some days you pay a cover, some days you don't. Like <laughs> you order a double of gin, you get like a whiskey sour. Like, <laughs> And this is like a 2.30 on a Thursday too, right? Whenever New Year's I'm Eve. I'm not going to cop to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the whole place, they take a very, very lax schedule approach to the whole thing. Um, I mean, I will say that the women there tend, tend to be like... They understand what's going on, and they appreciate the fact that some people are there just to hang out and like not be crazy. We had friends um, there, but yeah, I, I, you're right. I, we had people there that we knew, and, and we weren't there just to... Anyway, we, we were friendly. But I came out. The door... Or the, the lights are completely open. The door is open. Uh, lights are completely on. The door is open. I'm like, fuck. It's like 2.30. I walk out. Levi is like furiously walking around like, where were you? Let's go. Let's get out of here. And then I walk up, and the, the taxi driver is shook. Like yeah. he, that really took a toll on him. And then the whole way home, you're like asking me, what were you doing? Why didn't you come out? I almost got in a fight. And Doug's like, like passive aggressively, like making fun of you. And like Chris is like on his phone and you're so fired up. And not until like days later that I figured out you were like, you probably had some like adrenaline because yeah. you almost got in. Like, oh no, I was, I was, I, I was ready to go. I, I mean, it's stereotypical, but I was literally about to take my jacket off, which is not my general personality. I'm no, like, no. I'm not getting in a fight. You usually keep your jacket on. Well, touche. <laughs> um, but I've had other conversations with people and um, some of my girlfriends, uh, sort of friends through a friend in, in um, they were in law school and I remember going out and, and mm-hmm. I remember discussing with one of the guys there. He's like, when's the last time you guys got into a fight? And I was like, I don't, I mean, it's been forever and I've really got into a fight. I almost got into a fight this time, but and he's like, oh, no, I get in fights all the time. And I'm like, that's on you. And that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's really your problem. Well, not everyone else here. Right? What are you doing with your life that yeah. as an adult you're getting into fights? Yeah, that's weird. So you can spin out an alternate reality, a different timeline, where Levi actually starts this fight. And think about me. I'm in the back. I'm doing high-level math, stock tips, derivatives. I come out. The lights are on. I'm like, what is this? I, I stayed too long. This is bad. And I walk out, and there's a brawl going on. A brawl? No. <laughs> Levi just got the crap beaten out of him. Well, Doug's, Doug's, like, not paying attention. Well, no, Doug would have jumped in. They were hipsters. Let's, let's, let's comment on the ground yeah. that they have. Doug would have jumped in. You know yeah. he would have. And I go out, and there's this big fight. And then I have to deal with that. I dare say, if that timeline had played out, that might be... That might trump the New York Mike story. That would trump the New York Mike story. Yeah, yeah. Well, Doug and, we, and we would definitely need to have the reactions of like Doug was, uh, I think, a little bit more tuned. To it. Apparently, he was the one that was out there. I, my memory's a little off there, but if, if Doug was the one that was out there, 
his memory would be very interesting in that situation of just like Levi walked away and it's like he's gonna fight and I'm like I fuck I gotta I gotta support the guy. Yeah. Um, I think Doug was probably the most sober guy there. Which I mean Doug he usually was. Yeah. Doug at that point he was a martial arts instructor for the for the military. I mean we he he had really sobered up by that because when we were in the dorms together he would get. Probably the drunkest uh, out of all of us on a semi-regular basis. And I just remember he had this leather jacket that he would wear all the time. And um, he's probably, of of the crowd, the closest to my height... But he's he's fairly he's well built, you know. He Very, yeah. even before he was in the military, he, he he's a strong guy. Well, he, he was doing MMA at that period still, wasn't he? Man. He was doing MMA yeah. when like Pride and UFC yeah. were battling for for Top Gun. So I mean, this yeah. is like yeah, back back in the back, day. back yeah. before it was sort of hit. Ah, that's what he um, says. Yeah, he he says a lot of things. So, but what would happen is like we'd go out to Franklin Street, we'd hang out, and we'd go places and he would just go and do things. And one of those things that he would try and do is just jaywalk into traffic. And for whatever reason, I was often near him and I would just grab his collar and prevent him from walking out into traffic. He's, and he would just like look at me as like, what the fuck are you doing? They'll, and, and he turned around and be like, dude, they'll stop. And it was just like, Doug, you know, it, it's... 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, it's dark, you're wearing a dark jacket. It's Franklin Street. And surprisingly enough, you don't have your white jeans on today, so they won't actually <laughs> yeah. be able to see you. And, and and I just, like, hold him, and it was just like a bulldog on a leash. You know, he'd be dragging me, because, you know, there's I'm not going to stop him, but I could, you know, get him well, to Doug, not... Well, yeah, Doug's going to be president, so you you changed history. Uh, my favorite <laughs> Doug fighting story, so we're talking about, oh, you know, God. Levi almost got in a fight. I, I know... I know Doug. I know Doug would have helped you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he, those guys probably Chris would have. Chris was there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, those guys probably once, once he noticed. Yeah. Well, problem would have been, would have been after a few punches would have been thrown because they were enough away that they taking some time to get over. Yeah, Levi told that story really well. But in honest, like if we're being honest, those guys were in a lot of trouble if that shit started. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, I, <laughs> I fully agree. I mean, both of, yeah, both Chris and Doug were like they've trained. They've prepared for these situations, and you ain't. Uh, you're not. You were also emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not weak, but I haven't trained for this. Like no. I, I did wrestling when I was seven. Like I, I I'm not. Yeah. I'm not wait, 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 wait. You, you also played football, so, so, so yeah. there, there's like that doesn't train you to. Levi's hit. always it been a big it, guy. It trains you to. It doesn't train you to punch, but it does train you to, to tackle and and hit. Oh, like, I would have taken him to the ground, but I had no clue what to do there. And no. there's like three other <laughs> guys yeah. there. They're like hitting my you head. You were also I, emotionally ready for this in a way that those rockabilly hipsters were not. Oh, I fully agree that they weren't really prepared to get into that. No, um, and I had no clue why I really was ready to get into you that. You were, but, no. but I did, yeah. uh, go for it. No, I, I know exactly what it, Levi would have would have leveled one one hard punch. Yeah, and and then Doug would have seen that it started, and he would have sure, gotten sure, everybody bro. on the ground, settled the situation. I just stumbled out ten minutes later and was like, "What's going on, guys?" Yeah. Uh, but my favorite Doug fighting story is we were out on Franklin Street. It was late at night. Um, it was maybe like one thirty, two, almost toward quitting time in, in North Carolina. Uh, last call is two o'clock, mm-hmm. and we were outside, and these two uh, young kids they they couldn't have been twenty one were in a full on fist fight. When and was they, when was this for us? Uh Probably in the same time frame, 2010, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and these these two kids were in a full-on fist fight. And they're, they're like on the sidewalk and they're kind of circling each other and swinging. They clearly don't know how to fight. They're landing some, but it's just kind of a big flailing mess. Yeah. And Doug goes, stay here, he says to me, which, you know, kind of hurt my pride a it's little bit. Ca- it's condescending <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> but, you know, shout out Doug. Stay That's probably safe. probably smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. He said, stay here. And he went up and he got within maybe four feet of the fight. And he poked his, his, his like his head out, like he, he, 
leaning into it, looking at them and watching them. And he was kind of like moving back and forth and watching it. And one of the kids got up, jammed up against a, a plate glass uh, window in front of a storefront. And the other kid reared back to hit him. And Doug started to move in. And the, the, the kid who was pressed up against the plate glass moved and then Doug backed up. And anyway, then the police came and they both ran away. Uh, Doug comes back and like, Doug, what are you doing? He's like, I wanted to make sure they didn't hurt themselves. <laughs> he was refereeing the fight? Yes. Yeah. He, he told me, he said, if that kid had connected on the on one punch when the kid was up against a plate glass, it would, window, it I was going to go break it up. Yeah. And I was like, you're on another level, dude. Yeah. You, are, you are refereeing street fights at 1.30 in the morning <laughs> after a night of drinking. Like, I'm glad you're my friend. It's interesting that that's your memory of, of Doug and that's your memory of Doug. Whereas my memory no, of Doug I, is, 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 is him sort of being drunk Standing out in front of like dive bars on Franklin Street as 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 we're a, we graduated we're adults. Was this when he was bouncing or was this after this? After this, um, we're just like standing out in front of like Blue Horn Lounge or someplace, and uh, and and Doug is is criticizing women for their sartorial choices. It's like oh wedges, mm. okay old lady, um, <laughs> oh flats. Mm. Someone never learned to wear heels. What a what about that be- belt choice? Um, and he would just like criticize them in a very oddly specific way. Yeah. And we were like, Doug, I mean, stereotypically we'd call you homosexual, but you're very, this is very weird what mm-hmm. you're doing here. Um, can you stop negging women in like very oddly specific ways? <laughs> like this is not an appropriate thing to do. And we're used- also older. Like we're not. <laughs> what used to make me crazy though is that like a, a woman would come up and I'd be like, hey, how are you? What do you do? Anyway, nice to meet you. And he'd be like, I wouldn't have done those heels. And the girl's like, and then just engages in a conversation with him. And then, like, I'm not yeah. in the room. I'm like, wait a second. He insulted you. Yeah. I'm being a nice guy. And now you're locked in. And then, like, the end of the night, he's got the number. <laughs> he's talking. See, my memory of Doug fighting is him and Chris, sometimes sober, usually sober, but not always sober, going to the uh, common room that we had at the end of our hall. That, mm-hmm. so, the lounge. So, the lounge. So, so in the Mangum dorms were a, a typical hall-type dormitory where there were a bunch of uh, bedrooms that two, two people would be in, a communal bathroom, and then there was a lounge at the end that was presumably for studying that probably was used once or twice for that. But relatively often... Doug and Chris, uh, the other dude who uh, practiced martial arts, would go to the end of the hall and practice the MMA, basically, in in, in the corner. And so... grappling? Yeah. They, they, they'd be like, oh, you, you want to roll for a little bit? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so sometimes Doug would come back from the bars, and Chris would come back from the bars, and it's like, oh, let's go roll. And it's just like what the fuck are you guys doing? And, you know, they'd, they'd go off together and, and, and go into the corner room and, and you know, we'd he- they'd usually move the furniture out, but we'd still hear, like, furniture moving and things like that. And I remember walking in one time and, you know, they're, they're on the floor rolling around trying to get chokeholds and stuff like that. And... They're basically half naked at this point because they're basically they're they're wearing t-shirts and shorts, not you know real actual gear, and 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 just rolling around with each other. I'm I'm just like, what are you guys doing? They're like, what do you mean? It's MMA. Like, what what are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing so to be fun. doing, but yeah. it, I do think it. Um, you know, I make fun of Doug a lot uh, for having a fake MMA career, which is true. Um, but I would say that he uh, he clearly knows how to fight because oh, at 25. He was tasked with training other army officers 
I believe, with how to engage in hand-to-hand combat. Oh, I'm not saying he's not serious at all. No, he's very serious, but it was just such a weird thing to walk in on when you just hear noises in the corner common room. And to me, what was even funnier was we also had the uh, community office. So the... Right RA. across from the lounge, right? Too. Exactly. So, so the the RA on duty for like five different dorms was in this little office at the end of our hall, which which was, which was always pretty much the same frustrated woman normally. I and I f- also feel bad because I know I never like really interacted with any of these people, though I <laughs> saw them on a continual basis. But it was just like, you know, it was it was late in the evening and they were still there, and I. And they would hear like crashes coming from the the corner study yeah, yeah, room, yeah, yeah. and like no, couldn't care weird, less. It's a weird thing. Yeah. And anyway, so so yeah, it was just like Doug, like what are you doing? And it's like, well, I almost had a rear naked choke on him, and then we were almost finished. And she's like, okay, Doug, like whatever, that's weird. Well, but, look, it served him well. And, and and being around, and I'm not just talking about Doug now. I'm talking about like anybody who is a real fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as Levi alluded to earlier, I've got country strength. Obviously, I grew up in the country. I, I'll get you one good hit, then I'll run away. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're hanging around somebody as a friend or even just an acquaintance who you know can really fight, mm-hmm. for me anyway, the dynamic completely changes. Because, like for instance, last night, me and Spencer were talking about Game of Thrones. We were in an argument. Every once in a while, I'd go, you're really pissing me off now. I do that because I don't think Spencer's going to put me in a chokehold <laughs> and take me down. Can you even but, imagine that scenario? But with Doug, he would say something similar, and I'd be like, well, that's a pretty good point. I mean, <laughs> it just changes. When you know somebody can kick, can kick, uh, can kick your ass, like it completely changes uh, for me anyway that I know. So the, I think the only reason it, hasn't, it hadn't quite changed for me, I mean, it probably has at this point, but I, I knew he knew how to fight, but my resounding memory of him was at some point he got drunk but was also quote-unquote seriously trying to study in, in, in that study lounge and had taken the lampshade off of the lamp in that study lounge and also had taken his shirt off for some reason while he was studying. Sure. Reasons. And, yeah. re- reasons. And put the lampshade on his head upside down. So he sort of looked like an Egyptian... pharaoh of sorts. Pharaoh of sorts. <laughs> and he was sitting and studying, I don't know, like African-American history or whatever he is. Well, he was, yeah, there, well there you go. African-American studies and political science. I think um, African studies, not African-American. You're, you're right, African studies. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, FBI. Yeah, yeah. Scratch that. Scratch that, FBI. Mm. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And and, and, and and just sitting there in front of his laptop with this lampshade on his head, you know, trying to, you know, pound out a 16-page paper for the next morning or something like that. As he and would. I, just, I can't take that guy seriously. And that's my image of Doug. That was my image of Doug for, like, f- at least three to five years into his military career. Now, now I can take him more seriously, but for the longest time, like, it, he was the, you know, the bulldog that I had to, like, prevent from you know yeah. running into traffic and mm-hmm. and you know the guy that's pretending to be a pharaoh while running well, when he wins the iowa caucus you'll you can get that memory of your head <laughs> when bringing up african studies like i don't know whether i should be he's a very very smart guy we'll, we'll start that off he, clearly he, he's, yeah. a, he's a very smart guy going on safari with will smith well that is a <laughs> story um but yeah he um he would like write papers for african studies his his, his father um had served in mozambique well, it must be kind of Gola, but yeah. I, I don't remember what what 
official designation he was. He was his, father, a, his father was also in the military. His colonel was, was a colonel in the special forces. But like in that role, was he with the State Department? Do you know? No, uh, he was just in the special forces assigned where they would send him. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know what role his his father played, but his father was was assigned to those areas. So he grew up in Mozambique and Angola, mm. um, and so he would write papers on a Mo- Mozambique and Angola and would like call his dad I'm like hey yeah uh what's going on and i don't recall the 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 revolutionary group in like north of mozambique the, oh, what was it savimbi was the leader i think of it was yeah i just can't place the sort of acronym of of the group yeah, but like but, but anyway yeah. he, he would call his dad for like sort of background knowledge like most people would read right. books he calls his dad like i can't place be, the name of that guy yeah, like the um, nlpa or something like that Maybe yeah yeah um but but he would do that stuff and write papers for african studies and and then the professor would be like we could submit this to like conferences and journals. Like oh, yeah. you, you, you know what you're talking about, which is is a very hilarious thing because most people read, read books. They they read oh, books no. and do do studies. He he lived it. His dad lived it like practically. Um, so he's he, he has a very odd approach there. Um, but as as Terry mentioned, uh, he also was interviewed by the FBI. But I, I didn't know how to take. Well, it, it related to the UNC academic scandal around athletics. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know how to take African studies as as a discipline. When I was like, I understand that like he's got legit firsthand knowledge of person. His dad's a smart guy. Yeah. He, yeah. His dad can sort of cut through the crap there and sort of know things. But an undergrad shouldn't be submitting yeah, papers no, to like no, no, academic no, this is, Let's just cut through the bullshit here. That was ridiculous that he was allowed to, to major in that. This would be like if I was allowed to major in like Southern white trash studies. Like, yeah, I, I know how to make shitty cornbread and uh, ride four-wheelers and uh, shoot 20-gauge shotguns at beer cans. Yeah, I know, because I lived it. It's the same kind of shit. It's just where he was living. He was the golden god of that department, though. And it oh, frustrated yeah. me to know it, because I roomed with Doug for four years. I would spend like two weeks writing my term paper or whatever else. What's up? Okay. Doug would cruise in like four hours before it was due at like 3 a.m., which is a massive amount of four loco just to make it through the experience. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like if I, if like it's a Sunday night and Monday morning, I have to write a story about Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, fucking, I can do it. I lived in Eastern North Carolina. (laughs) He deserves credit, though. He would write these papers just with not enough time to put the words on a page. Put them together. Call his dad in the process to get certain inside notes about the inner workings of the revolutionary mind. Go to the professor, offer it, and say, okay, well, this is worthy of being a graduate published paper. Yes. Every time. Which, so, so at least he would say that. So, which He deserves credit for either this. Either it's a criticism of African studies or a criticism of sort of scholastic enterprises of like, hey, how about you live some stuff? Uh, because clearly this guy who's like a, seven, a 16-year-old who happens to be around the area knows more than you do. He was yeah, also, really is a, he was also a good writer. He deserves some credit for oh, this. Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right, look, guys, we are got to get off Doug because... Doug is probably going to listen to this, and in fact, we did 30 minutes on Doug is going to inflate his ego to a point that I cannot allow. We have got to move on to another topic. How was he as a golf player? Because I, I I know you want to move on. A lot. So so he supposedly could have long ball pro. Right. Like he he was saying he, like he was on his high school team that was he, he, he was like it? oh you know I I no, almost went pro because but you know you were the you were the other golf player in Mangum that I know of, and I presume you have played with him. Yeah. So first of all. Uh, settle down with he went to nationals. That isn't true. Um, Thought he told me that. He may, he, he may have said a lot of things. Uh, this is the last Doug story, and I'm going to demand we move he, on because not I'm not doing a yet. podcast about Doug. Um, he's going to like that too much. Um, <laughs> Doug is a very good golf player. Now, he played on his high school team. Um, I played on my high school team. Uh, I went to regionals. I placed in regionals. So I, it's. Did they sing songs in regionals? 
well, it's like, well, what I'm saying is there is a lot of people in high schools who have played golf who are pretty good. And Doug is pretty good, but he's not great. I played with him. He, he shot like a 76. I shot like an 81 or something. Like, on a shitty course in Siler City. So... The idea of going pro is ridiculous. Is that that because if you shoot 76 in a shitty course in Siler City, if you're playing Beth Page Black in New York City uh, or New, the state of New York, you're probably going to shoot 110. So, no, I, I, I don't think he was anywhere close to going to nationals or, or going pro. But the man can play golf. And the next topic is? The next topic is, all right, so for folks who know Spencer, oh know us, have been around us, it's been a... a Bear of a journey to get Spencer to drink. I mean, you know, he didn't drink in college. That's yeah. not true. I had two drinks total in college. Two drinks total in college. And Since... alcohol citation. And alcohol citation. The only one of the, the group. Any... Yeah. Well, you can't throw that out there. Do I have to tell, tell that, that story, story now? You yes. have to. Yeah. I, I was only there for half of it. There is a glorious picture of you. Okay, let's let's tell the story about how Spencer, who didn't drink in college except he had two drinks, got a drinking citation. Go on. Was a Go Bush for it. No, no, no. You, you guys were actually there for you, when it was happening. Well, you're a Bush and Cheney supporter, so clearly... That like, picture's still on Facebook. Um, I mean, my memory of the situation is that, so, I think it was fall break or spring break. This is like... Uh, one of those. This is like my, uh, I, my I, sophomore so, year of that. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was actually there for this, and I wasn't there for the actual drinking part of the story but but i did help in the aftermath yeah i mean so so we're we're hanging out it's, it's the, the sort of evil fall break spencer has yeah. left early we're hanging out with doug we're probably playing halo or watching stupid tv or so it'd be something silly we're yeah. college kids golf channel. um <laughs> but we're we're drinking we're drinking beer mm-hmm. um and it was probably doug who got into his head of like hey you know it'd be funny we throw the empties in Spencer's bed, um, which the rest that, of us that is were, funny though. It, yeah, it is funny. See, um, I, I think it was probably Doug's. Like, he, he he is very naturally funny in that sort of trolley way, which I'm not. So it probably wasn't me. I don't recall who else was there. Again, we're Casey was there, but but we definitely decided to throw the empties in the Spencer's bed. Yeah. Now Spencer didn't drink to this point. He's just sort of like he he he's a he's a real student. Like, we're all just, like, hanging out and partying. <laughs> he's he, a real He's student. a real student. He's <laughs> a Spencer is the type of guy that would have gone to North Carolina Science and Math and and just done... Which is regional. So he, he is a person who, like, is a very, very smart person who would, like, no. study and do things as opposed to the rest of us who just dick around and suddenly cram for a final. Um, Spencer would prepare for these things. Uh, so we're just drinking, uh, doing stupid things as college kids do. We're throwing empties of beer cans and and, and, and drinking whiskey and, and, and throwing the bottles in, in Spencer's bed because um, the thing would be funny. Yeah. And it is funny. Um, it is funny. Now... Uh, BJ, feel free to jump in at any point in here. But we do this. We go to sleep. Yeah. We're like, okay, it's fine. It's funny. Um, you we, don't clean it up in the yeah, morning. So, so, no, so, of course not, because so, that was hilarious. And yeah, that, that's so, a key so, part, though, here. So, so I, I believe what happened was, and I think I was there for this part. I, I took part in some of it, but I think I was flying home for Thanksgiving shortly thereafter. Yeah. And sense. so I wasn't drinking quite as much. And I believe I suggested, oh, we should make Spencer's bed on top of it so it stays there. And so, you know, as is uncommon for, for your bed, we actually, you know, pulled the sheets. <laughs> and made it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and made the bed and, and 
I, I think you and, and Doug and whoever else was actually still there was drunk and, and giggly and, and, and was like, all right, we're, we're going to leave this and, and then promptly forgot about it. Yep. I, you know, took my flight back, back home and, and, and spent Thanksgiving with my uh, family and... Yeah, we, I mean, we and, we, and we I, didn't play, pay it any mind. We thought, hey, yeah. this is a funny joke. We're drunk. Well, let's, let's just have fun. Um, and then we arrive back after From Thanksgiving. From winter break. Um, I, think it was, I think it was winter break. So it's important that Doug turned 21 when the story happened. I, was, I, was, I will give you that. Um, so we arrived back to school, and we're like, oh, how you doing? You have a, you have a good break? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, my parents uh, drove me back. And, and we arrive, and what happened? Well, my parents drove me back. I walk in, everybody's just kind of having fun as per usual. They're all kind of giggling about, hey, you have a good break? Yeah, yeah, we all had fun. Anything up in your bed? It's like, look up there, there's nothing there. It's like, no, why? It's like, oh, all right. And about immediately thereafter, one of the RAs comes down the hall, and he's looking kind of sheepish. Like, always the little RA face of where I got to punish you now, but I don't really want to do it. He also liked us. Yeah, so yeah. he was a nice he, guy. He, he, I don't remember his name, but he was a nice guy. Uh, I remember he was an Asian guy. Yeah. Maybe Chris. No, or Chris no. or Michael. Mike, Michael. 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 He, he was yeah. a really good guy. But, yeah, he, yeah. but he clearly didn't want to no, do what he had no, to no, do. No, no, no. So he hands me like a, a sealed envelope. It's like, Spencer, you need to look at this now. You've been served. So I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? I open it up. And it is, I didn't even know what it was, because I had no idea this was even a thing. It was, an, it was a detailed explanation of an alcohol citation. And I'm turning to you guys saying, so what is this? The clearly events occurred that I was not a part of that you now need to explain. And everyone just starts laughing in the room. Because it's like, they, it's like they, a drive-by has occurred, let's go talk to the Amish guy and see if he did it. <laughs> so, that story is an explanation of how... Wow, we all love you. You were outside the norm. Oh, yeah. The norm was you drink, you party. I like you how you say with past tense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's not changed. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here day drinking, so yeah. It's still the same. Yeah, yeah but outside the norm, right? You, yeah, but we have been on a quest to get you to drink. Oh, yeah. Um, Die hard. And one of the my favorite developments in this quest is that um, all of our significant others have taken up the banner. Right. Yeah. Like my wife last night, you you you're grumpy from me because of my wife. She just kept pouring you more. Yeah. Milk. Everyone likes to see Spencer drink. We all like that. And it's important. One last little detail about the alcohol citation story is where I had to go talk with the senior RA for the entire upper quad uh, to explain myself as to the nature of this alcohol citation. And I, I even I, little nebbish that I was, could not take this seriously. I was still laughing as I was walking down the hall to explain what happened. And they said, so Spencer, we had some concerns. Because uh, when we did our room inspection after winter break, we found, and she pulled up a list, we found 16 cans of beer, three bottles of Jack, and two bottles of 151, and we had concerns. <laughs> <laughs> now, Doug has already come down and said that it was his fault, which, given that he's now 21, we can't do anything about it, because Doug could turn 21 right before they went to report this, <laughs> which is a key part of the story. But... Doug told me that I was supposed to throw the book at you and make it like we were going to punish you right now. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that Doug told you this because I know you live with him, so you can do with this as you want. <laughs> I love the fact that Doug was like, yeah, yeah, so it was me. Everything's cool. Can you scare him a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So this is indicative of what we want Spencer yeah. to do. We yeah. want him to drink. Yeah. Well, well, but the other side of it is I love that Doug's reaction was, can you keep him on the straight and narrow, though? 
You know, we're a little worried that he might, you know, veer off the straight and narrow. But, like, put the fear of God into him with an alcohol side. Yeah, yeah, he's getting a little wild now. Yeah. With all that 151 yeah. and his... He's letting his people bed. in his room. Anything else on that story? Not after we finish the story, but as you said, it has been the quest of every member of Mangum and now significant others to get me to drink more. Including while we were still in Mangum. My first two drinks were Adam using his cast offs of being a bartender oh, to make me two drinks. Well, and all the random crap that... So, I had brought, like six or seven like random bottles of some shitty alcohol some decent stuff but mostly like mixers and between me adam and and levi and and a couple of other things we had put together an impressive array of alcohol that should bar. not go together yeah you know we set up some lights you know adam's super excited to bartend and we started looking up recipes for drinks online fancy boys Mm-hmm. It did not go well. Um, and so we were looking at drinks that had 151 in them. And we found something called a Flaming Oh, God, Jesus. this story. You didn't find, like, the three-cup, spit-cup thing? That wasn't a codified right, thing. Flaming Jesus. Okay. That was the um, original thing right there. So <laughs> I believe it was... There was a third ingredient, and I can't remember what it was, but it the blue, two main was. ones were blue curacao and 151, and then you light it on fire. Oh my god, I've seen videos. And how high proof was this? Terrifying. Thing? I don't oh know. It, it, As an it, adult, it's terrifying. It was disgusting. It was, it was noxious. And we convinced Spencer to try it. As one I, of the. I did first... not take much. And and he smelled it and sort of sipped it a little bit, and he was like, I'm not sure I like alcohol, guys. <laughs> That was pretty early on for me. That it was, was like awful. the first drink I had in Mangum. was like, okay, no, well, now no, I know Adam, I don't like this. We're not giving him Malibu. We're giving him 151 yeah. and saying, hey, wait, wait, you wait, try wait, this. been lit on yeah. fire. Jesus yeah. Christ, guys. I, I, I think Adam's like, well, let me make you an Appletini. You made me an Appletini and a mudslide with the first two drinks he ever tried to make me. Well, that probably went over well, right? Now the Appletini was, I did not like it. Because it was me going, uh, was, uh, was it the same night as the Flaming Blue Jesus that yes. Adam tried to apologize for the other yes. two drinks? Yes, it was. All right, so again, everyone is trying to get Spencer to drink. Spencer, now you do drink when you're around us. Pretty much solely, yes. But you have told me you do not drink when you're not with us. No, I'm a very bad attorney in that regard. All right, so last time you were with me, we were snowed in. Have you had a drink since then? Since we were snowed in? Yeah. Uh, I had a beer at a client event. That's it. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of beer? You're a poor attorney. Hmm? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was clarifying in a way that most benefited the story. Uh, I know what BJ's going for. You answered the question only question. But Spencer, he's getting loose, right? We're on a yeah. podcast. We're among friends here. Drinking... I wasn't assuming I was being deposed right now. <laughs> he's not billing. He's it's drinking fine. this ungodly strong French God, whiskey. God is strong. Um, so, but, you know, if we're getting loose, apologies. I, I had a single Stella at a client event since... Stella? Yeah, I had a... St- oh. Spencer. I have no taste. You know this. But... this is... I'm about to pour in some Mexican whiskey because he clearly does not like the French. All right, so what just what just happened here is uh, Spencer has the uh, the French de Vicomte, and he has been staring at it uh, uh, wide eyed for a while. I've occasionally been lifting it and like shaking it, hoping it's not to satisfy you guys and setting it back down. Uh, And so BJ is going to give him a little bit more of this Sierra Norte, which is not um, this is actually good. I like this, which is constructed by his people. Um, I, I do need to ask, because all of your respective significant others have now become a key aspect of getting me to drink more. How did that start and occur with them? How did they become part of I the equation? I just told my significant other that you're an old cat lady. and <clears throat> True. So, Spencer, I mean, the real answer is that fundamentally you're an extremely nice, lovable person. Hmm. Like, Sam is like uh, my girlfriend. She's 
you're the sweetest person. You're oh. you're the most sweetest person. So anything we can do to give you shit is is <laughs> is, is, a, is a great thing. Um, which I mean, to be fair, any person who dates any of us, yeah, is okay with that. They they they've accepted that part it, of it. It is always fun though for like the fir- person that's their first time meeting me. Of where after about an hour of seeing the whole usual routine, I've had one. I think it was your girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time came over and held me by the hand and said, "It's not fair. They're so mean to you." <laughs> It seems like Sam. Um, wasn't Sam. Was well, Sam. I'll tell you, my wife, my wife is, is she understands comedy. She gets yeah. bits right away. And she got the bit right away. Oh, yeah. You. She was with it. She understood. Like, as soon as she was around us and, and she saw what was happening, she was, I see the comedy here. And so she has just been. It was so yeah. fast through your wife, too. Because I met your wife for the first time at your wedding. Yep. And then the next time I met her was on a New Year's and she was with it. Yep. She understood. She so, started bringing me drinks. So that's, I mean, it kind of happened organically because as Levi mentioned, all of us love you. We think you're the best guy in the world. But we do like to put you in situations where you're a little uncomfortable. We like to get you to drink. Hence why I've got whiskey in my hand right now. Right. So, Two fingers. Two fingers worth. Let's do this. All right, Spencer. Knocking it back. Whoa. 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 <laughs> Spencer. Okay, so so for our listening audience, Spencer oh. uh, just took a, a what I would say hit of whiskey rather than a sipping whiskey. Um... I, we should have gotten the fireball out for this one if no, he's going to take drinks like that. Spencer, um, holy moly. God love Spencer this. just killed he, he a doesn't, finger he, of that He wants whiskey. to go to sleep. He doesn't like us. Spencer just housed whiskey. If you listen to Whiskey on the Weekends, you'll know that the first episode of Whiskey on the Weekends, we poured Black Saddle. That was the first uh, whiskey that we had. Uh, Spencer loved it, but he did ask in advance, infamously, in advance of tasting that, are uh, we chugging this stuff? Um, which <laughs> is one that. of my favorite podcast memories. Uh, and Spencer did just chug this stuff. So bravo, Spencer. Yeah. There, there, there was a period there where Spencer was alone without whiskey as you all continued to drink. Cheers. Salud. All right, so I bring all this up. Yeah. Spencer, your drinking history, how we like you to drink, to say, I don't think we've ever asked you, what's your favorite thing to drink? My favorite thing to drink? Yeah, like, we don't ask you that. We just kind of shove stuff in your hand and say, drink it. But we don't ever say, hey, Spencer, you now at this point, you've had a wide variety of alcohol. Yeah, you've had some fine whiskey. He's probably going to say, like, you know, Dasani. Water, like a bottled water. Like well, then no, let him no, say no, no, it. No, no. But I, I, I'm interested because here's the problem. Here's go the problem. ahead. Is that I think the only way I can really answer this question is if I had independent likes, where I actually would seek out things to drink. That right no, now, the, no, no. The, the nature of my drinking history is I come to you guys and you put drinks in my hand. So it's hard to say my own independent di- desires in this regard. All right. So here's so, the, here's the okay. one second. One second. Here's the question. Then I'm reframing the question. Then leave. I can go. Uh, I'm reframing the question to when we put a drink in your hand. What makes you go, ugh, the least? That's the question. Does that have to be a liquor? Because otherwise I'm going to pick a beer. Uh, let's do liquor first. And then we'll go to beer wine. Mead now. So, so my, I guess my other side of this, if, if you were to have a liquor in your house that you were to serve, you know, a partner or somebody like that, somebody you, th- you want to entertain and be like, I like good whiskey. You look like good whiskey. Let's bond so I can make more money as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. What would you? You're, you're projecting onto him. That's a BJ yes. thing to do. Yes, uh, <laughs> Levi. Levi. So, had a, Levi, had a yeah. so let's put it into, into to liquors. <laughs> but I mean, let's we 
a previous encounter over here. We we hosted a fundraiser event for a friend of ours. Um, and Should we name him? No, we shouldn't. <laughs> okay. um, he'll he'll come up on the next episode. He'll probably be um, on the next episode. I hope yep, so. Yep, yep. Um, but just hammered in when he was over here. Uh, you walked up to me. Who I, I brought a twenty-four of um, Yingling, uh, and, and and you unprompted was like, "Can I get one of those?" So, what is the the liquor equivalent of? Can I get one of those? A uh, liquor equivalent of one of those would be a mild, vaguely smoky bourbon. Would be. Ooh, interesting. Uh, BJ, who who uh, is is confused by all of this. Um, so, what is? All right, so, all right, listen, all right, guys. PJ is staring at me listen. over his shoulder I'm looking at the mirror no, right now. Hold on, let's back up. We're, we want him to be honest. Let's not be I'm too cruel right here. here. I'm trying let's to work. Not be too cruel. Uh, typically, uh, and BJ, you jump in. If I'm wrong, you you, you know this stuff more than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, scotch is smoky. Bourbon, not so much. Okay. I, I'm yeah. vague, vaguely trying to describe the flavor of the bourbon that I'm enjoying. Okay, so you like something a little sweet, but also has a little bit of smoke flavor. Yes. So, okay. So... What I find interesting is that of all of the, of all the whiskeys that we've had, and all of the whiskeys that I know of Spencer trying, mm-hmm. there are only two things that he said he's actually enjoyed, and and I say that loosely because you know maybe there's some waffling over here, which was the Black Saddle, mm-hmm. that that was a California whiskey, and Blanton's, I believe. Oh, you did like Blanton's. I do See, like Blanton's. Yeah. Blanton's yeah. in so, his own category. So, so Blanton's and Black Saddle were the only things that I've heard Spencer sort of willing to drink a second time. Here, here's a question then from y'all who know better. What adjectives would you use to describe Blanton's? Because if you want to pick a single drink that I will actually happily tolerate, Blanton's would have to be high up there. It's smooth as fuck. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Blanton's, Blanton's is kind of on another level. I mean, they have, they have a magic sauce. Okay, so... I, I can't recall Blanton's as well, but where would Black Saddle be on that scale? Uh, if we're doing like a 10-point scale, Blanton's, to use it as an example of thing I will drink happily. That's a whenever, 10. That's a 10. Black Saddle would probably be like a 7.5. Oh. Okay. I, I, I need to work on that then. Blanton's is really, really good. Um, and it's gotten a little Slightly bit... different price point, <laughs> I'm uh, guessing. No, it's not, actually. So the interesting thing, it's a Buffalo Trace product. It's hard to yeah. find. It's, it's Buffalo, rare. Yeah. It's Buffalo Trace product. Uh, they do a bunch of different products. They do um, uh, Elmo, Elmo T. Lee. They do Pappy, which is the really high nice end. They do Eagle Rare, which Levi's yeah. had on the pod before. They do um, uh, They do Blanton's. Now, Blanton's... Um, back up. Interesting mm. thing about Buffalo Trace is that... Um, they have become very, very popular lately during the bourbon craze. Very much so. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's a little overhyped. Um, but they have kept their price point the same. Now, secondary markets, you're going to pay a lot. Oh, God. You're going to pay a lot. Now, if you're buying it in the liquor store, I think Blanton's is about $50 a bottle. Oh, really? Um, if you can't yeah. even find it. I mean, yeah. you've talked before about we're all here in North Carolina. We're under blue laws. So the ABC store is the only option we have in terms of getting liquor. And right. they will typically have how much in the way of Blanton's behind uh, the counter? Well, it would kind of shock all of you to know that I'm a frequenter of our ABC store. So I'm, I'm pretty good friends with uh, the, the people there who stock it. And they, they'll let me know when they get it in. But when they get it in, they get it's maybe not a case. Bottles. It's usually about six. Uh, one time Spencer was here and they got some in and they have this like Blanton's is so rare that they're like, all right, well, we're just going to do like one. Um, you were sending you me into different stores you've already been into. Exactly. Is it typically the store in Menomont? Or? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, no, it's uh, it's the one in Hillsborough that I do. Okay. Uh, and and I, I can get it there, which is great. Uh, but I got it. Anyway, I, I bought a bottle, one bottle minimum, and then I sent Spencer to go in and get another one. Right? And that's when he had it. He liked it. Blanton's is very, very good. Blanton's is very good. Um, but I, 
that's the thing where if we were doing whiskey on the weekends with Blanton's, we would struggle because uh, it's it's a sort of like Coke kind of secret sauce thing. I mean, you, I can't tell you why it's better. It just is. Yeah. Can I offer an example of how you guys have actually helped me with my career with respect to alcohol knowledge? Please no, do. Please right do. Away. Okay. Yeah, uh, please brag on us. I was at a client event, mm-hmm. and I was left alone with a very high-value client for reasons of sheer stupidity. Stormy Daniels? No, not of that category. Um, and the client was up at the bar, and I was like, well, shall we have a drink? And he went to me and said, okay, well, what would you recommend? And I'm just seeing stop signs right now saying, I have no knowledge here. What can I fake? Uh, Let's uh, pause. This is a great scenario of Spencer at a bar. What can I recommend? He's uh, turning to me saying, what can you recommend? And I'm alone with the client. The closest partner's 100 is way too far away. And so I turn to the bartender, and I'm thinking of any drink I can. And the only drink that appears in my head is that, well... Do you have Blanton's? And the bartender looks at me and just like nods with respect. <laughs> and he pulls out the one bottle with that little horse the on little the top horse and everything. On the top. And unplugs it. And the client's like, oh, I've never had that before. Is that good? And I'm like, you'll enjoy this. It's good stuff. And I'm suddenly the, you know, I'm the sommelier of bourbon right now. Yeah, and I've never, I've never had a situation where I gave you something to drink and you were like, thank you. Because it's always punitive. You remember you. you remember this. I actually thanked you and gave you the first one. I know. You, you, it's always punitive with you. It's always like, okay, I'll do it. Because you guys are asking me to. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you, you, you're playing the game. But with Blanton's, you seem to really like it. So maybe the answer is Blanton's. What? He poured two, two sipping glasses of Blanton's. He put them in front of us. And again, like nodded with respect at me that I'd even mentioned that he had Blanton's. The client looks at it, shakes a little bit, takes a sip. And he turns to me. And the smile starts to go up on his face. I realize, well, I just indirectly helped secure a multi-million dollar client with the assistance of whiskey on the weekends. That's right. So one uh, percent of your future earnings. Yeah, I need to cut so that. The client starts talking about this is one of the best drinks I've ever had. This is incredible. How'd you know about this? I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I've had some experience with these things. Well, I got this. I got <laughs> I'm this. Just bluffing this entirely. I got this horse's ass friend out in Hillsborough, North Carolina, who forced it on me one time. It's like this is a really great drink. What was this name again? Oh, it's called Blanton's. And like, oh man, can I see the bottle? And he brings up the bottle to show it to him. And the client's just down with this. We spend like twenty minutes talking about Blanton's, where I know jack shit, but I'm pretending to know something about Blanton's as we're sipping this. Okay, so here's what we've discovered. All right, so Spencer, person who didn't like to drink, we forced him to drink. He's Drank a lot of things he doesn't like. Yeah. He actually has drank a spirit straight that he likes. It's Blanton's. That's your favorite. And what adjectives would, other than smooth, what, would, what adjectives would be, we've gone into this, in the, this has come up the podcast that I know none of the adjectives that are properly used to describe liquor. Uh, yes. So my what would, what adjectives come to mind when saying Blanton's? Uh, I'm not Besides very, smooth. I'm not going to be very good at telling you what it tastes like because it, it's just a smooth, very, very quality bourbon. Uh, my understanding is that the secret sauce is their mash. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's this rep- proprietary process and, and blend and everything that they do to get that their their actual mash. Um, now I do I can tell everybody um, that if you don't have blends, obviously in your liquor store you don't have know how to get it. There is uh, a way that you can taste blends uh, effectively blends anyway. It's a, a bourbon called uh, John B Bowman. If you can find it in your liquor store, which I tried to do Agreed. recently. Agreed. It's also still difficult. Uh, John B. Bowman, it's a Virginia distillery. And basically what they do is it's triple distilled whiskey. Uh, they buy the mash uh, and the whiskey actually double distilled from 
uh, Buffalo Trace. It's the same exact stuff that goes into Blanton's, and they distill it one more time, put it in their bottle. So if you can't get Blanton's, go get John B. Bowman. It's the stuff Spencer likes. Uh, it made him a bunch of money. Uh, he needs to give me a cut of that, obviously. We did not um, negotiate this in advance, sir. And if you can find any of uh, Buffalo Trace's anti-collection at MSRP, let us know. Um, yeah, www.magnumtalks.com, upper right-hand corner. Contact us. Let us know where we can find it. And uh, if you do, we'll take it off your hands. All right, so that that's the segment. It was uh, Blanton's was the answer. Now, we have one more thing to uh, to get to. What you got? Tomorrow's New Year's. It is. New Year's Eve. What is our plan going into tomorrow? We have plans. <laughs> we, we're going to play board games. We're going to get Spencer drunk and, and I think we're gonna hang him upside down. What drink are we doing? some more whiskey and, and maybe do do another one of these. Um, I mean, you were discussing doing the idea of kind of, kind of a round robin podcast of where we host it. It is going on, but people as our guests will come in and offer their own views and their New Year's resolutions, their thoughts on the year, a kind of round robin format for how the podcast could occur. Well, uh, <laughs> well, how about this? How about we start at about four or five o'clock in the afternoon? Oh God! Um, it's uh, we're just going. We're free forming. We're telling stories. We're doing what we do, and people can come in and talk if they'd like to. Yeah. Uh, we do have a friend. His name's Hawu. Um, I'm gonna drop his the name. Hammer. Hammer. How the hammer? Uh, he'll be here. He is talking. If he would probably love to be on the podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, we can have How Wu come in. We can maybe even have, uh, God forbid, some of our significant others come in and actually that would talk be scary. Uh, on the podcast uh, and just see who's interested and, and we'll run long for. Him. Yeah, sounds I think good. Fun. Cool. All right, guys. Anything else we uh, need to cover before we wrap up? We're going into about two hours now. We have covered a wide array of stories on this particular podcast. Question for you, Spencer. If we cut the podcast, do you stop drinking? If we stop the podcast, do I stop drinking? Yeah. You lose a certain degree of authority to command me to drink. Next topic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? When you say a certain authority, you are staying at his house. So, so, And you are in the backwoods of North Carolina. So unless you drink more, you could be... This miles is, and miles away from this is a certain degree of background at which point have you guys ever asked me to drink since Mangum since we graduated that I have not drunk hey do you want a shot of this uh, Vicomte I already had one <laughs> so right now do I want one? No. Will I drink one? Yes. No, you, you have refused me. You have refused me a few times, but that's okay. You have. Yeah. And usually you do it, and by, by the way, shout out Spencer, like I'm, I'm not trying to be mean to you. You usually do it for self-preservation because you're like, things yes. are going to get we, sideways yeah. if I can't we, have, we have one recent example that you've ragged me on ever since I've been here about what did I not bring to Chris's wedding? Oh, yeah. The, well, the fireball. I mean, BJ, do you want to go get the fireball? No, don't get the damn fireball. Where, where, where um, is it? It's in the bar. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the other example is, um, I, re- I, I think I recall you, myself, uh, Terry, yeah. Lee, um, we were up late after Wu's fundraising event. Which I was not there. No, you were there. No, I was not at Howard's fundraising event. I wasn't. I was still in Florida. You guys remotely like almost skyped me in for it. Then what was this event? Because remind we, me. We'll tell the story and I'll tell you. We were t- together and we were discussing. Uh, Terry was going on about UNC basketball. Um, he didn't quite believe that I didn't follow prof- uh, college sports. Well, let's, which wait, I, wait I, I, let's back up. 
You you went to UNC. You graduated I did. from UNC, and you're a big basketball fan. I am. You like the Dallas Mavericks. I do. Luka. You like you Luka Doncic. Luka D. Uh, you would always play the Dallas Mavericks if we were playing NBA NBA 2K. Yeah. And we won the national championship. And what you told me that night is that Thank you, you didn't even bother to watch. I was offended on a personal level. Yes, I was. What night was that? <laughs> Take it away. I don't recall the situation, but. Um, but we were together, and I recall you saying, hey, Levi, did you watch the basketball game? Did you watch the national championship? And I'm like, no. Yeah, really and, and you're befuddled, and you're like, Levi, don't... Can you name two players from the team? The and, national championship team, by the way. And I struggled to name two players, <laughs> and, and, and Spencer was there, and Spencer was trolling, uh, because he was like, uh, was it Sean May? What about Rashad McCants? Uh, which, which, for, at the time. which for for the audience, these are the 2005 national champions. Like this is the sort of old school. UNC. I was going through a list of UNC's champions from 2004, years ago. 2005, um, 13 and, years ago. And Spencer was very much enjoying. It. We were vibing off yeah. this. Was sort Raymond of, Felton on the team? We were vibing off the situation, which was like you were getting increasingly you could push upset that with us. Not drinking it. Good. But we were vibing off the off the experience of trolling Terry and, yeah. um, and, and letting him know that you were, yeah, we don't know those players. This is, we don't follow that. Yeah, that really frustrated me. Okay, so uh, while Levi was telling that story, um, BJ did go get the fireball. Uh, we poured some for Spencer. He just told me he never will have refused to drink and then he just started yelling at me uh, while Levi was talking that he's not going to drink it. So, okay. Uh, question mark? Salute. Spencer. God, they're saluting me. I actually have to drink at that. Don't Salute. Salute. That's a very small amount to make him drink. Yeah. You don't, don't push your luck, you fucking bastard. So you're drinking 30% and I'm drinking 67.8%. Yeah, yeah. I ask why anyone had thought that liquefying cinnamon candy would be a good idea. Yeah, Fireball is terrible. Um, I'll tell you a story, though, about my dad. Um, my dad is a... Uh, he is an Eastern North Carolina guy. He's a I, fun God man. love him, but he is... <clears throat> I have had so much fun talking with your dad whenever we've been to various weddings or other events. He's a country guy. Uh, he, he doesn't... Go ahead. His dad explaining the sort of benefits of going to a strip club at, at noon for a sandwich and some titties. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Work. Okay. I've right. had that conversation. <laughs> all right. Hold on. I'm not sure that was ready for the podcast. We can but... cut that if we need to. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I missed out. Well, my dad made the point. Have I'll you not chatted you. with his dad before? Not about sandwiches. <laughs> right, sandwiches and titties? Let's, let's put it back on the rails. So, my dad... Um, There's no rails here. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad uh, did tell me uh, at one point, I communicated to Levi, that um, when he was in Raleigh, um, he would... And he was in Raleigh because he used to work for the state, and he'd have to come up to go to the Capitol yeah. to meet with his bosses. And if he was going to go to lunch, you know, the strip club serves food... Might, if you're gonna have Get a sandwich, comments. why not? Why not have a sandwich and see naked women? If you're paying five bucks, why not pay five bucks and get some titties as well? And he told me this when I was like 12 years old. Like this isn't like a <laughs> advice to live by right here. <laughs> yeah, this is not an adult conversation. Um, but my dad, who and, and God love him, but he he knows what he is. He's a he's a country guy from Eastern North Carolina, not highly educated. I mean, if he was drinking uh, the Vicomte or the Sierra Norte, he would be like, "This is terrible." Like it's just. Matter of fact, he likes wine. You know what wine he likes? Box Franzia chillable red. He puts it in the fucking refrigerator before he drinks it. Oh, not Boone? Uh, he does like Boone's Farm, but again, okay. has to be in the refrigerator. Gotcha. God love my dad. He knows what he is. It's um, got to change color. 
he called me one day and he said, well, we were talking about something else. And he's like, you know what? I've, I've really taken to, to drinking whiskey. And I'm like, you know, yeah, like with Diet Coke. Because he's like a crown, bond. Yeah, he's yeah. a crown royal guy. Which, by the way, you probably really like crown royal. That's my dad, by the way. Uh, you know, I do not know if I've ever had crown royal before. But really? Because Doug had his like pouch of, you know, his royal purple pouch of yep. change. I remember and, it, and, yes. And the like in metal bars like uh, bottle. Yeah, and, this was in Mangum though. I wasn't drinking. You did drink in Mangum? Not that Crown Royal. No, we, we need to get you Crown Royal. I really do think I, do. I, I think you'd like that. I mean, that was my dad's drink of choice. I, I remember finding like pur- purple sacks. Yeah, uh, purple sack uh, Everywhere. I was like, this just uh, seems fun. Uh, uh, brief, it's like, brief story question. Was it that pouch or a pillowcase that you hit him with with a sack full of nickels? It, it, it was the change from that bottle and in a pillowcase. Uh, should we tell that story? Or we're, 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 we're telling stories now. <laughs> No one's listening at this point, so let's yeah, just go, go ahead. Fine, I've, I've okay. lost complete control. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, there was a certain internet rumor that an individual struck with either a uh, pillowcase full of oranges or a pillowcase full of nickels will not bruise. Mm-hmm. Not bruise. That's that's a common story. Uh, we were very much engaged in this story at a certain point when we were in Mangum, and Doug, being our designated guinea pig, decided that he would test this on his own person. Wait, he, he said, that's bullshit. He did. Fucking do it on me. And you and he'll bruise to prove it. And yeah. BJ, being present, decided that rigor needed to be engaged, and we would test this in person. Yeah, and... And and we filmed this. We did. We and, have the video of this. And, and what was even funnier is, so, so he had a Crown Royal bottle full of change, and so we emptied it in a pillowcase. I don't know where that and, came from. And I hit him relatively lightly on the leg... He just looked at me. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You I, I remember you said, "That's a bitch shot. Try again." And so I was like, "All right, well, if that's what we're doing." And then you rear the fuck back. So I seriously swung it, and and hit him in the leg, and we got a noise that was kind of like, "Oh, oh shit." <laughs> And oh fuck that's the realization of like yeah I'm stupid but I didn't realize how dumb I was yeah I just got hit with a pillowcase full of nickels this was not wise this doesn't feel good yeah and he's like oh yeah, th- th- that that was uh, kind of rough and yeah. and so basically nothing happened for at least from my point of view I, it was I hit him in the leg with a, a bunch of change it, twice it rebounds with the amount of force you put on that thing it did and and it almost hit me in, in, in the valuables as yeah. uh, a certain story that we read might, might indicate and and I was like all right well that was it I go about my life and like four or five days later Doug comes to you limps into my room He's and still in says, pain. You fucker, I didn't bruise. You fucker, that really hurt. I've been limping for, for the past four days. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, did it bruise? No. And it's been <laughs> bruise? It's <laughs> fucked with my cheerleading. It's true, he was a member of the cheerleading team. Sing it, Spencer, <laughs> sing it! <laughs> We need to get Spencer some pom-poms. 
Go Tar Heels. I helped him train for that when he was a cheerleader. That's incredible, Spencer. Good work. That was a great No, movie. but yeah, it was the weirdest thing of where we did that late at night. I filmed it, so I, I still have the actual record of this happening. On like Nokia phones. I mean, it, a, a flip phone. Yeah, it was no, a flip phone. It wasn't a flip. It was the Nokia brick. Okay. Okay. Um, where I, I filmed... <laughs> I, so many of our pictures that are on the on the Manga Mafia Facebook page oh, are from my little tell us that we can tell this are on my little Nokia phone that I was taking pictures of. Like uh, you like wrestling Chuka on the floor while various <laughs> refuse are outside of our dorm halls. Oh, that was when he uh, he he lied to me too much. So he used to lie a lot about like inconsequential stuff. Mm. Utterly insignificant. You it's just like, lie for the sake of lying. Hey, it's 1 a.m. I'm about to go to the library to study for a test. Hey, Chuka, is the bagel place open? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. I have a bagel on the way there. Uh, I go there. It's closed. I'm like, Chuka, why, 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 why did you lie, you lie about, about that? This inconsequential <laughs> stuff. So at some point, I'm like, Chuka, you know what? You lie so much. I'm you're, taking you to the ground. <laughs> you're not my friend. And he decides to, to build out a... <clears throat> A sort of cardboard refuse, uh, uh, yeah, shanty. That shanty, was the second time a, a that, you kicked fort. Us, that you kicked him out of a room, and it was like three days after you had kicked him out right, so, for pissing Kristen off because she was taking physical chemistry. At oh, the time. <laughs> and it, that story is fantastic. So, um, so. His girlfriend at the time... You're going to cut this into like two episodes. You know this, right? Girlfriend? My uh, BJ's BJ. girlfriend. Yeah. BJ's girlfriend at the time. Okay. She was studying like uh, physical chemistry? Yeah, physical yeah. chemistry. So um, there's a lot of physics involved. And, and now, now Chuka was, was majoring... Kristen. In, Kristen, right. He was majoring in psychology, but had like pretense of going pre-med. He wasn't in philosophy uh, to a certain degree, too? No. He was into all sorts of things. Yeah, okay. He wasn't really into philosophy. Mostly but he, sleeping behind cars. But he was... <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're going to get to that story eventually. Um, <laughs> let's just... Let's just finish a story focus yes <laughs> but yeah he you he, gave me fireball you can't ask for much he was in the room um we're hanging out and i don't know how we got in the topic of conversation but he was like you know what christian Qu- was studying for for an exam it was, i guess and, it was about quantum mechanics it, it, yeah it was, it was about quantum mechanics she was studying for an exam and and chuka was talking to levi about you know his weekend plans and things that he was doing and some classes that he had and he was also practicing for a reading for his uh, play. Yeah, for the play that he was doing. And Kristen had spent like five to ten years um, working at the community theater doing uh, various uh, relatively well-known plays and spent a lot of time working on the sets and had played some supporting and as well as main characters. And so was trying to help Chuko with his characters and reading his lines and enunciation yeah. and all those other things. And so Chuka, being the the wonderful guy that he is, would he thought is. that he would help Kristen out with her studying for physical chemistry. Not so much. And 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 so what the the major thing one of the major things that she was studying was wave mechanics of of particles and he he looked at her and it was just like physical chemistry you know you know is is just like physics and he took his hat off his head and he's just like it's just like this and he threw it and it fell to the ground and it's like it's just like that 
Brilliant. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it, Leap, it is. Leap did some gravity right here. <laughs> quantum mechanics. Mm. It, quantum mechanics. See? There, there. you see it. it it's, it's like, it's just there. And she's like, no. So, so quantum mechanics is like, you know, it, no. it's kind of a particle and kind of a wave. It's also and, very small. Um, so right. the sort of yeah. macro level is not quantum mechanics. Right. That's by definition. And, and, exactly. Quantum, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's small particles. It depends and, and, on being on a small sort of scale. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it has to do with a lot of like where exactly things are and how they compress and things like that. And he's like, no, 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 it, it's just like this. And he threw his hat again. You know, it's it's quantum mechanics. And she was getting sensed. And I had a very unhappy girlfriend. And Chuka was just, and I looked at Levi and I was just like, dude, I don't know what to do here, but this is all I'm not going to have sex for a really long time if you could continue to like his hat. <laughs> this is all <laughs> that guy throws his hat one more time I'm going to have a bad night yeah. this is all in Levi's dorm this is your our dorm room and it's I'm not going to have a bad night I'm going to have at least a bad week this is not a singular day of I've had a bad time it's just like I need to study for my exam. Like, I don't know that we can do anything tonight. And she's like, Levi, can, can you help me out? Like, dude, this is your friend. I don't know this dude. And he's just like, he's throwing his hat and saying it's quantum mechanics. I don't know what to do right Which, now. by the way, that was a story within a story within a story, right? But that is a very great story about Chuka because he would show up earnest and he would say things and you would just go, well, that is wrong, right? And to Levi's point, the guy would... would Knowingly lie, but then sometimes I think he would just pathologically lie. Yes. Well, so, um, I mean, Chuka, he's the same guy who, how many days was it that he did the knee, sort of Mr. Anderson Neo speech? Uh, from the Matrix. Was it going to days? Was it weeks? Was it months? It, it, or was it, was it years? It, I think it was two or three years. We were. I, I mean, we're going to to to, to the the uh, dining hall at. at Close to the dormitory, yeah, and Len- he would just Lenore. Be, he would just be like, "Do you have a preferred place of eating, Mister Anderson?" I, I don't have Lenore anymore. Uh, but he would constantly do that speech of, of um, Agent Smith every time, and you would hate him for it every time. Like, shut the fuck up! Yeah, like, yeah. Do you just shut the fuck up? I guess. Yeah, so, 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 so back up. So Shuka went through a variety of majors or attempted majors, and one yeah. of those was acting. At one point, he thought yes. he was going to be an actor, uh, and I guess he needed to uh, memorize monologues, obviously, for his acting classes. Right. And so you guys were subjected to him like redoing Matrix lines every time he wanted to get a sandwich. I would be paying for his dinner on my overly extensive meal which, plan. Which has been covered on Whiskey well, on the Weekends he, before. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he decided that, that acting was a little bit too hard and, you know, reciting certain lines was a little bit too hard. So he decided that... To go oh, into law. Would, yeah. Law, law, <laughs> law, law, law would be a he better did. profession uh, yes. for, for, for the... Uh, We're bridging into the, the parking lot story. Spencer, Spencer, 1 to 10, how much does that offend you? How does that offend me? He came to me at UVA to ask a question about going to law school. Did you swallow it? He went to UVA. He did? He went to UVA? He arrived at UVA and met me in person to ask about going to law school. Really? I he, did not know this. He toured which, UVA. Which, I mean, to be fair. I don't know. Why? Why? Which, for the grounds? He wasn't getting in. He was I, touring it. He got into Washington University of St. Louis. Like, he had into a not trivial school. He toured at Georgetown, too, and that was part of the problem for the D.C. trip. Well, so, so the other thing that I thought really funny was 
So, so Levi has the commensurate friend and where did he live? Guinea pig and where? Uh, like I don't even understand. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So, so, so Levi goes along with so many things that I don't understand why because he balks at so many things. He helped Chuka move from St. Louis back to the East Coast, mm-hmm. and he sort of called me up and said. Hey, you're in the Midwest. How close are you to St. Louis? Like, can we visit? And I was like, well... Now you're in northern Illinois, right? Oh, central it's, Illinois. It's but, pretty, but basically, close, you know, actually, I, was, right. I was a couple of hours out of the way. And, and Leva's like, well, I guess that's kind of out of the way. Never mind. And, and then I didn't hear anything else. And what had turned out was... Levi got roped into moving Chuka halfway across the country. From St. Louis to Chapel Hill, right? Yep. From, Elizabeth from... City. Well, Elizabeth City moved L- back. A L- little bit it, further. Elizabeth City, North Carolina, yep. Um, that is a lot further than Chapel Hill. Not that much further in the time scale of St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. It's a round year. Yeah. And, and Levi basically wanted to know if he could stop, like, reasonably stop by without going out of his way and... You know, j- just sort of say hi, and it was like a couple hours hours I mean, out of his way, and he was like, "All right, well, yeah. you know." And he had he he was driving with Chuka's mom, and so it wasn't a reasonable like couple hour. I didn't know that. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> detour to to visit me and, and and say hi, which I completely understand, but I also thoroughly appreciate that that Levi, you went and helped. Yet another person move without any background, and it was just like, all right, well, we'll go to the Midwest and move you back to North Carolina because clearly you don't well, belong Levi there anymore. Well, will help you do things if you need to do them. Yeah, obviously you need to move, so he'll help you with that. But if you're like, hey, Levi, I want to build X Y Z, and it's stupid, he's gonna be like, well, fuck you, like it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Speaking of you, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I was gonna say you don't say it's stupid. Hey, Levi, I need to do this, and he'll be like, all right, and you'll get ninety percent of the way. He's just like, all right, well, why do we need to do this? And I was like, well, I I just decided to do it. And he'd just be like, what the fuck is your problem? And just like walk away after ninety percent of it is done. All right, and it's, uh, we're speaking for the man. Let let him talk. Which I mean. It's this discussion is not exactly entirely wrong. Um, <laughs> we need to. I mean, we're at two fifteen at this point, so we need to calm this because there's a bigger story of me moving Chuka back from St. Yeah. Louis to, to Elizabeth City. That's true. Um, which and involved. I feel like the, you need to tell the Do- middle of nowhere, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, scary place. Um, <laughs> Champagne, Illinois. Yeah. All right, so let's but, set the table. Can we set the table for this? Yep. Yeah. Go on in. Okay, Levi. Where was Chuka when this event occurred? So let's set it up. Um, Chuka is in St. Louis, Missouri. Why was he there? He was in Washington University of St. Louis okay. at the law school. Um, he was studying um, law, focusing law on tax law, apparently, uh, allegedly. I don't, I, I don't know these things. Sure. It's not, not my it's domain. What, it's what he said. It's what he said. Um, I, I, you I, don't pay taxes. I drove what? him out there with his with his mother in tow. So we have a U-Haul. We've got myself. Uh, his mother in Chuka, uh, mm-hmm. three seater uh, in a U-Haul, going over the mountains of. of Who's uh, in the center seat? His mother. You're um, crossing the Appalachians together. Yes, we are. Um, and so he flies me out to to visit him for graduation and and sort of moving him back. And uh, the flight from RDU in Raleigh goes to DC. DC we miss. We we just don't make the flight. Um, and there's a lot of us, so we 
have a layover. We stay in a hotel, sure. take an early flight out, go over there. We visit him. His family's there. His sisters are there. His mother's there. It's a great time. He's graduating law school. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful thing. Um, we pack him up, put him in the car. We decide to go ahead and drive back. And uh, midway, not midway through, maybe an hour and a half into it, I'm driving. The steering wheel starts to rattle. Wait, wait, wait. It starts to rattle a little bit. I'm like, okay, this is not normal, but this is a big truck, whatever. Audible or feeling? Feeling. I'm just like feeling feeling the steering wheel move. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. Keep going a little bit. 10, 20 minutes down the road, it's rattling a little bit more. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'm a strong enough guy. This I, I can deal with this, but this is not normal. Um, this is no, not no, how steering no. wheels work. I've driven in cars. This is not how things work. Um, we go maybe 10, 15 minutes longer, um, and the steering wheel is is fucking jumping. It, it, it is. It is rattling. I'm For like, your visual sake, Levi's moving his arms up and down. This yeah, is substantial. Six, eight inches, yeah. This is not normal. So we decided to pull off. We pull off in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Maybe Indiana. I don't know. They're the same place. Have you Who already cares? Gone? Were you going oh, to BJ? Elite coming out. Were, right. you, were you going to BJ at this point? No. No, I was not. I decided not to, to join him there. But we were in the middle of fucking nowhere in southern Illinois, southern Indiana. It's the same place. It's just cornfields and right. nothing. Okay, all right. Um, so, Coastal Elite. I, that, that's losing us votes in the Midwest. Um, so, let's jump in. You pull over. BJ, you had something you wanted to jump in with. I, I did. So... <laughs> One of my favorite things about this story was, so so Levi agreed to, to help Chuka move. And so, you know, they packed up all the boxes, they, they loaded up the truck, they, so Chuka had a car, and he was also moving, like, his entire house. <clears throat> Acura and, RSX. An Acura RSX. And so, so, so Levi was like, all right, well... I'll, I'll drive your car and you and your mom can take the truck and, you know, you guys can spend some quality time together. She was like, okay. Do you know how to drive stick? And it was like, wait, what? Well, you know how to drive stick because the actor is a stick. Uh, no. Okay, well... You'll drive the uh, U-Haul with my mom, and and then we'll we'll drive back to North Carolina. Wait, what? I'm taking your mom. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, there's more room. Yeah, that's typical. Yeah, that's just how kind of how that guy rolls. Which, by the way, is not my memory of the situation, which could be entirely incorrect. <laughs> I knew he drove a stick because I thought it was a little weird choice. But he also bought a car in in undergrad, which. Yeah, you get a cheaper deal with a stick. I'd, I'd driven a stick with my job in, in high school. I was at a, at a greenhouse. Not like a real stick, like an old beaten down truck and stick. Years it's ago. like Yeah, and, and you're right though. My memory of him is that he, he was very proud of the fact he drove a stick. He loved the fact he drove a stick. Yeah, he told a lot of people. All right, so you've pulled off on the side of the road. The damn Side of the road, a middle, middle of nowhere, Illinois, Indiana, whatever. I understand we're, we're we're losing viewers, but that's okay. It's 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 the middle of nowhere. We're They're here. Listeners. It's like one p.m., two p.m. Um, I'm we're calling U-Haul, uh, whoever vendor services truck. No offense to U-Haul, you can sponsor us, Mangotalks.com. Uh, but there you go seamless professional. But 
We were we were in the middle of nowhere. We were calling them saying, hey, this trunk's not this truck's not drivable. Like, yeah, we'll get someone out to you. Where are you at? Middle of nowhere. Cool. We'll, we'll send someone out. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be there. In Hour minutes. and a half goes by. We'll be there in a... Uh, Fucking no one comes up. Like, hey, 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 a U-Haul, uh, Enterprise, whatever. Who cares? Uh, what's up? What are we doing here? Can you send someone out? This truck's not drivable, but like you could... Can you send someone out? I think it's not drivable. Nothing. Um, it takes probably about six hours from to finally send someone out there. Guy comes up and is like, eh, yeah, it's broken. Got to tow it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> called the place. We get a hotel. Luckily, this sort of like middle of nowhere gas station, there was a hotel right across the street. We go to the hotel. We spend the night. It's fantastic. Uh, they tow the truck to, to the next town over. Um, those people respected them. They helped us move all the stuff from one hall to another. We move on. We that's some Midwest hospitality right there. Oh yes, I absolutely. I mean, I respect that because they could that's have not said happen in Boston when you move up there, bro. N- n- no doubt, because they could have said, eh, it seems like your problem, <laughs> not <laughs> ours." No one's uh, gonna give a shit about um, you when you move up there. Which respect for that. Uh, they were very helpful, and we drove the rest of the way, no problems. Truck, uh, the drivetrain didn't. <laughs> Didn't really break out. Uh, the steering wheel stayed in one place. Didn't move six inches. That's not normal, apparently, nice, with nice, cars nice. Okay, uh, or trucks. Um, but yeah, it was a difficult drive because we. I'm driving with my friend and his mother in the in the front seat. Um, it's cozy quarters, um, and we're moving them back to Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Which um, I don't know how much of you, the, the listeners know about that town. It's a very small town. In northeastern North Carolina, yeah, we knew nothing about it, and it's a know nothing town. But it is where Levi and I grew up, and Chuka as well. Chuka as well. Um, we moved in there. He dropped me off in, in Chapel Hill, where I lived, and then he he, he took the rest of the drive there. Um, but it was the middle of nowhere, um, and it was a bit of a bit of an adventure. Uh, I did not visit you. Respect. Um, I'm sorry for that, uh, because you know why not? It's, I'm so, I'm so really know. disappointed, honestly. Yeah. So <laughs> in this story. Um, <laughs> you finally get him back to Elizabeth City? Uh, he gets himself there. He, he drops me off in, in, in Chapel Hill. Um, I drove pretty much the entire way there. Um, by the way, with Chuka, I, I, I like him a lot. As a driver, he was always a little aggressive. A little aggressive for you, our taste. You are putting that mildly at best. Um, no, I, go ahead. Go ahead. He, is, he, was, he was born in a small town. We grew up together. I went to kindergarten with him. Uh, went went to sort of middle school and, and, and high school with him. We grew up together. He is a small town driver, but he was extremely aggressive. Yeah, he was. And, and he got I, a bunch of speeding tickets. Right? He, yeah, he did because he, he did have a little zippy little car. It was a nice little car for, for a college kid. It was way too fast for the prickle driving skills of Chuka. He would drive very quickly. We don't need to get into all the details, but, you know, he... <laughs> well, the, 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 so... Levi just told an interesting Chuka story, which is like this sort of inconsiderate, like just come out here, do this for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've got like maybe one thank you, if that. The Chuka story that I want to talk about, which at this point, hopefully, if Chuka was listening, he has dropped off, uh, is the one where I believe he was in when he was visiting Georgetown. He was visiting DC. Okay, Let's we're going there. Jump into that one. Okay. okay. So so Chuka was visiting uh, Georgetown. For law school, was as it? part of his extended law school tour. Yes. No, it was it was he was already in law school. He must have been visiting. F- no, no, he was visiting for an apprenticeship or sort of like summer job during law school. I think you're right. All right yeah. so he's um, visiting in summer. 
He's visiting somewhere. Um, Distinctly George. He, he shows up to a bar a little bit late in the evening, maybe 12 o'clock, 12.30, 1 o'clock, a little bit late. So, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And as he describes it, he mentally needs to catch up. Which he's not meeting people here. This is not a bar where he's meeting friends. There's he's no not meeting event people. He's he's just joining a bar. Which he he's a very social person. Exceptionally, um, he, he he apparently was just going to this random bar and just meeting whomever was at the bar. Um, but he's going there. He needs to quote unquote catch up. So he decides to have some Long Island iced teas. Which, um, by the way, Long Island iced teas. Woo. That's, that choice. shouldn't be a thing. That yeah. is, you have a few of those, you'll catch up pretty quick. He'll catch up so very quickly. You had a long I've had a long day on this day. Bridge is actually fond of them. Um, he had several of those, decided to get blackout drunk. Um, he didn't decide. <laughs> wait a second. No, no was he fair wait, to wait, 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 wait. No one decided. was his goal. <laughs> Wasn't his goal, but he he, he got blackout he drunk. Drank enough to get no one decides waxed. to get blackout drunk. Uh, well, well the definitional, but um, but to leave to leave us credit, he drank like and Chuga told me the story directly. I think he said he had four in about thirty minutes, which is a lot. Which yes, Ooh, that's so, a so lot of alcohol. The way Levi phrased it, it's like, well, yeah, you kind of did choose. Like at that point, like you drank enough. <laughs> well, where you knew this was going to be a problem. He did the activities necessary. Did he actually have a conscious desire to do them? Different question. Unclear, but what I will recall from the story is that so I had 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 gone out uh, drinking and sort of partying. It was the weekend, maybe Friday night. Um, I had gone out and I had uh, gone to someone's house, um, and I woke up to some calls and voicemails from Chuka, and I'm like, "What? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Hey, Chuka, what's going on?" He's like, "Hey, I'm in the hospital." Chuka, why are you in the hospital? What's going on, man? Um, he's like, yeah, so he tells me the story. And so what, what had happened is he'd had these Long Island ISTs, LITs. He had gotten so drunk that he had passed out. <clears throat> he had wandered himself back to the, um, the parking deck, which he had parked. And he had passed out close to the tire well of some poor lady who, who had a car. Who woke up at like 5.30, 6 in the morning, was going to work on a Saturday, probably a nurse, bless her heart. She's out there doing the Lord's work. She runs over his ass because he's passed out in the tire well of his car. Immediately behind her treads, basically. And okay, so to people, uh, we, we've gone a long time here. Um, and BJ's girlfriend, God bless her, has hung in here with us. She's in, on the couch next to us. She just gave a mortified look at this story, which you should, because it's so ridiculous. He gets drunk, and he lays behind this woman's car, and then she's just being a normal person, and then he run, she goes back, boom, boom, and he's, Rah! like, she literally runs over his hip. Can we clarify a question? I'm just curious. But you ever heard this story before? I don't think I've heard this story. Okay. I think I've got all the other ones. So she, one. bless her heart. I mean, she has to be like a she's nurse like, or some the, somebody who's who's going in early a on Saturday. Prostitute? I mean, come on. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> all right, Fair so, point. So the mic might have not picked that up, but she just sunned Levi where she said, does it matter what her profession is? This guy fell asleep behind her tire and she ran him over because he was like just out of his mind drunk and being ridiculous. Right behind her treads. Fair point. But I wake up at like 7 a.m. in the morning and get some like voicemails and call them back. And I'm getting this information at 7 a.m. in the morning after a night of particularly heavy drinking. Mm -hmm. I'm out partying. um, And I'm figuring out my friend has been run over. 
And in the process, was it shattered his hip or his pelvis at this point? Probably pelvis. My memory's a little fuzzy on this. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what we do know. We know that it was a significant injury. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, we're laughing about it, but like he... He, he couldn't got, walk. He, he was messed up as a result of this. So, so the other side of the, that story is... So, I was talking with Levi when he was moving Chuka from, from St. Louis, and I got the... Well, you know, Chuka's in a bad way. Okay, well, well what happened? It's like, well, he says that he needs to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Says. Well, he says that he was run over by a car. Okay, well, if that happened, then then I kind of feel like he does need to be in a wheelchair. Well, my memory of this is because uh, we, me, uh, Levi, and Chuka, both, uh, all three grew up in Elizabeth City. He knew I knew Chuka, so he called me, and he was like, "So Chuka got run over." <laughs> And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, he got drunk and he fell down in a parking lot and he, or a parking deck and, and somebody ran him over. And I was like, all right. Because it seemed on brand. <laughs> yeah. And then we just ended the conversation. I don't think I asked you about it for another two months. And then when I did, you were like, yeah, he's still not walking. And I was like, shit, I probably should have been asking about that. <laughs> I love how late this story is in our lexicon, too. I mean, this is a story that's happening. We've long since graduated. I'm like second year of law school at this point. We're proper ass adults, and the man's getting drunk, falling, falling asleep behind the wheel by the the tire of a car but on it, a parking deck. This is in DC. This is the same guy who um, we kicked him out of our room together yeah. because he was lying to us uh, for no no good reason. And he decided to build out a sort of cardboard fort where he slept beside our room <laughs> because he felt bad. Um, this is a weird guy. He has his own peculiar yeah, behavior. Yeah, is a weird dude. Yeah, we, we do have... Pictures. Pictures. So so if we can find them, we will post them on our uh, podcast and, and, and for the viewers. But the other side of this is Levi did describe this very well to all of the rest of us and... To our consummate disbelief, we were just like, oh, so, you know, there, there was some injury with a car, like, okay, whatever, like, you know, that that's fine, you know, when's he going to graduate? And, and Levi's like, well, he's in a wheelchair, like, I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't think he can walk for his graduation, maybe he'll have to, like, wheel himself, and it's just like, oh, wait, well, really? I'm, sit- I'm sitting here doing the math, and the only thing that could have happened is... She ran over his entire midsection. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Yeah. That. Yikes. Like that's not good. No. Again, um, respect Bree for that that reaction, but I, I I still have the reaction of I can guarantee that she is high likely she was some nurse, some person who's coming in early. Probably still like professional like, individual. Wait, wait, wait. Day. You guys so transfixed that she's a nurse. Yes. <laughs> well, but but the other side of this, <laughs> this woman Why probably still thinks about the time that yes. she accidentally ran over this Sounds this good. young, excited lawyer who's going to make a difference in the world. Yeah, that's yeah. not how she remembers no. the United States. That is not how she She was him. grumpy going in early <laughs> on, on a on a Saturday, and she ran over some 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 dumb motherfucker who decided to pass <laughs> out behind her car. Yeah, like, BJ, let me ask you. This is really this dumb. If happened to you, yeah. would you look at the guy on the ground holding his pelvis and go, damn, like he was a shining star? No. <laughs> so, 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 so no, I wouldn't, but but I imagine Chuka being like, 
oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish my third year in law school. Like, I was, you know, on... Dude, <laughs> no way he said all that shit. He probably no. just sat there and howled. Ah, bitch, you ran over my leg. Yeah, but sure, but, but sure seriously, that. like, God, like, I'm sure he didn't say anything about law school or whatever. But that would stick with me. If I, no, I of course, of course, that. it would. Yeah, stick. And, that, and that's part. Like, this is actually like of the Mangum stories. One that, that there's comedy in it. We're finding it, but it's actually kind of sad because oh like, yeah, Chuga got really hurt, and I'm sure. That woman, I mean, I know me. Like, I would have been like, yeah. well, she, maybe I should have just checked. She maybe, probably like, still thinks about it. Maybe Every, I should have looked, right? Everybody on that, like, the other know. side of our Mangum stories is probably like, this was a traumatizing thing for, for us. all involved. Yeah, Absolutely. Not, like, bless her heart. Like, oh, yeah. you <laughs> don't need to check your, your tire wells to make sure there's no person sleeping there. There's no digestive uh, behind your car at this particular moment. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. Uh, well, uh, when Levi told me Chuka got ran over, I was like, okay, on brand. I hung up. But when <laughs> I finally found out the specifics, like, the only thing I could think is like, well, he fell asleep at the right angle because there's other angles where he could be a problem, right? Like, this this was like, like Chuka made a really bad mistake here. Uh, and, he, and he really fucked up some, potentially fucked up some woman. And he did I'm really sure well. Like, he, 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 he fucked up in the best way possible for getting run over by a car. This is something I don't know. Did he have a car in the parking deck? Yes. Okay. He didn't get in the car? No. All right, so, all right. Was well, he near his car? All right, guys. I mean, that's... That's on <laughs> him. Okay, seriously, guys. If you're drunk and, and you need to sleep it off, just, like, get in your car. No, don't do that because that turns out problematic for other people. Um, so, you can sleep wherever. You can Behind the wheel well of another car is probably not the best place Probably to the worst choice. Pretty close, as although, demonstrated by events. Although, in defense of Chuka, he got... That was pretty bad luck. Yes. Because think about how many other cars were in that parking lot... Yes. ...that didn't move before he would have woken up. Yes. But also, the injuries that he got, I feel like, are comparatively not terrible. It's w- not great. I will say this sort of story. This is come like this. This feed of information is coming to me, and I'm in a, a house that I don't necessarily recognize. Um, <laughs> and I am. Oh my god! So, so you, know, you tell <laughs> you tell me you woke up in a house and you're like, where am I? And then you get a call and your buddy's like, I just got ran over by a car. I am I'm discombobulated. <laughs> like, what is going on in the world? Um, again, this is before Uber for Lyft. Like, I don't know how I'm getting home. And, like, my friend got ran over by a car. His fault. That, that, that's his fault. Um, he, he takes that L. But good on you, Spencer. Mm. I'm still here. I'm still participating. But... Uh, God bless him. Um, I mean, we can tell more stories about Chuka. He's a great guy. A um, I just texted him, which I... It, we exchange texts every... Six months. Every six months to nine months. And we don't necessarily like, respond, respond, respond to each other. <laughs> Question for you. Does he respond um, uh, faster than Spencer? Uh, no. No, he's worse than Spencer. Does you're he not, have, you're he not as bad as you? Does you're he have not, return receipts? He's, he's as bad as I am. Are you about, about the same? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All uh, right. One point of clarification, by the way, when you kick, when you kicked Chuka out of your room and he was just sleeping in the hallway, he did not build himself a fort. We just pulled all the box, 
We just pulled oh, all the boxes out of my room, like the old TV boxes for the TV we had, and just started putting them over him. Yeah, we did that because that was hilarious. Because <laughs> he was just asleep he in the corner. He was just asleep. He's a just... corner to your to your dorm room. Yeah, exactly. He was like sad about it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you probably shouldn't lie to us about like weird shit. Let's not do that. Um, not to get racial about it. It's like you're fucking Nigerian about this stuff. Dude. Like, like let's not be lying about stuff for no reason. Um, and he would, and he was, he was asleep. So we decided yeah. to build out a little what? little fort to make sure that he was he was covered and, from the rain that happened in the hallway of so, Megan Dormitory. And Doug and I knew none of this. We came to you. We found you just staring at Chuka lying parallel to your room. It's like, okay, what are we doing? You just went. Do you have a box? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we have a box. What do you need it for? It's like. We need to build him a home. Okay, so this has been a tour de force. I'm hilarious. Uh, you were hilarious. We, have, we got packing paper. We got boxes. It was covered and entirely cared for. Again, I've been a tour de force whiskey on the weekends. We've covered, I think the through line here is interesting personalities. We've oh, yeah. With New York Mike, right? Yeah. New York Mike. Um, Chuka. Doug. Doug. Chuka. Chuka. Wait, Chuka. Close, close I want to finish. How Wu has his own episode coming up. Nope. BJ got there. I want to end with a couple preemptive stories about Hawu, because I think we're going to get Hawu on the pod tomorrow. Uh, I want to tell a couple things about him. Quick ones, quick hitters. Go on ahead. What you got? When you talk about that sort of pantheon, the Mount Rushmore of personalities of Mangum Dogs, uh, he's got to be one. He has to. He's up there. Definitely. Him him and Doug are probably one and two of sort of like, they're just weird stories. Weird stories happen. I'll give a quick primer on him. And Leap, I'm going to toss it to you because you are prime position to tell the first story about him. Hawu um, is a um, first generation uh, uh, Chinese American. He's an mm-hmm. immigrant from China. Mm-hmm. And he came over here and uh, uh, he got into UNC Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Now, out of uh, state, by the way. Out of state. So he's a really bright guy. Very I think smart. Anybody guy. would yeah. argue that. He's capable. Um, <laughs> whoa. Oh! Whoa. Shots fired. He's capable. He is. That's a, that's a compliment on my part. <laughs> oh, God. I hate to hear what he says about me. Uh, so, Hawu, sure. we'll get into that. We we are affirmative action, like admitted to UNC <laughs> from from rural North Carolina. Him from Charlotte is like, oh yeah, they're less than capable. Yeah, apparently. No, he, he thinks we're dumb, but that that's fine. Uh, so Hawu, he uh, he he's paired with Levi. Yes. Freshman year. Now, freshman Levi year. And I, of course, as we talked and about. In Hidden James Dorm. Hidden James. from Elizabeth City, so Levi and I had a connection. So I'd go down and I'd see him, and it'd be Levi doing Levi things, and he would be there with Howe. Howe is a short, um, obviously uh, Asian man um, who didn't speak great English at the time. He didn't speak great English, and I will say this story. I mean, how, how I, 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 my prejudices were laid bare. So freshman year, we're we're... Together, he's my new roommate. Hey, how woo? I'm bringing a, a fridge. What are you bringing? And mm. you're bringing this. Like, it, we, we do the negotiations. I'll of, tell you the answer. You nothing. said I'm bringing a fridge. You said I'm bringing the <laughs> Jack shirt. Okay, I am um, using so, yours. So, uh, for context, like, I had literally the same exact interaction with Levi, and it's like, all right, what are you bringing? What am I bringing? And we roomed together. We roomed together the, the exact next year, but on North Campus. Yeah, in Megum. In Megum. So, so that that I feel like that brings sort of all of the things together, and then then I'll tell my little two cents of uh, my interaction with Hawu after uh, Levi introduces him. But yeah, I mean Hawu, like we we interact, and and I'm I meet him where we start school, we have conversations, we discuss things. It's college, so you stay up to one a.m. discussing like inane shit just together and, and think you're philosophical. Do you um, look him in the eye? And, and I'm like, okay, how you don't speak great 
English. And so um, he actually placed out of freshman English and he, and he took soft, like the second semester of English. I think it was second, second semester, mm-hmm. um, spring semester. Um, and he's taking that class. And I'm like, ah, he's going to ask me to like revise his papers. It's going to be a problem because he didn't speak super great grammatical English. Um, rough. And I read it and I'm like, this is fucking beautiful. Like this is this is fucking good English. Like this is better than I could write. Like respect to you. I mean, you are out of the states. So you're smarter than I am. Right, um, you write, but I would talk. Yeah, yeah. South but, Carolina. What what can you do? Um, but I'm like respect for this. Like this is my prejudice. Like I, I I believe that you can't speak sort of write proper English, but he really can. He sort of grew up writing English, but he didn't speak English, so he's yeah. he, he's a little he did off very there. Well for himself, um, yeah. Which to me was just like as a person in a small town in North Carolina, I'm like, okay, I was wrong about that. So I should really, really, really understand that maybe my perceptions of things aren't quite accurate, and it makes sense, right? I mean, like you write you write reports for school, um, which is unlike other things, and uh, maybe people differ there. But yeah, I mean, Hawu is is an interesting character, interesting cat. Um, so I room with him freshman year. We we room together. I moved into another dormitory for sophomore year. I moved with some some very very nice guy, uh, Thomas, um, and and still friends with some of his friends mm-hmm. um, and him. Um, but I got a got an AC, which for for Hinton James is was, a is a rare oh, thing. That, that was, was not a that was, was not a guarantee. In I was in Hinton James. James. I did not have AC. Uh, freshman year, we absolutely did not. Sophomore year, I got AC. So respect for that. Didn't even a wall unit during your freshman year. Oh, it was a wall unit. Yeah, that was your sophomore year. Though. Sophomore year. Oh wow. Um, and so we got an AC. I I lived there, and then 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 junior year, I moved in with. Um, BJ in Mangum Dormitory. He was a senior. I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved in with you, who was a sophomore at that point. That was a sophomore. That was a great year. Uh, but yeah, it was a great point. That's sort of how the all stories merge. But I mean, Hao Wu is a, is a very interesting cat because like he's a, he's a very sharp guy. Um, this is a guy sure. who decided to join the military. Can Could, you back up a second? I'd like to tell a quick Hao Wu story. When you were with him first year in Hinton James. Go ahead. So... Uh, Levi and I were friends, and we used to like to play, uh, and still do, um, video games. We play NBA, right? So at the time it was NBA Live, now it's NBA 2K. Uh, and we'd come around and, and play this game. So I remember going to your dorm room, um, and we were going to play NBA Live. Um, and we play, we, we were we were playing it. You were probably playing with uh, the Mavericks, Dirty Dirk Nowitzki, your man. Uh, I was probably beating you. And then... Um, and Steve Dash. And I remember it was probably about 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, and Hal came in. And he looked like disheveled and really like he was like soaked with sweat. He had like his, his pants were dirty and we were like, what's going on, Hal? And he had found an Asian grocery store that he wanted to see. In Chapel Hill? No. I've forgotten this. Yeah, exactly. But it was in Durham. Do I know? Oh, no, in Durham. Was. Okay. It was in Durham. It's and, by the Target. And he decided to it's walk to it. From <laughs> Chapel Hill? Yeah. So he left about lunchtime. And he walked to Durham, and he walked back. How many so, hours did he walk? About so, ten or eleven hours it took him. Do you know where Target is over in on, Durham? Yes, that's a long way from Chapel Hill. He probably went to Leeming's Global Market there, which it's a very good that's Asian a, market. It is. That'd be a full day walking I, at best. I, I remember t- telling you about this, and you're just like, "Oh yeah," like. I'm surprised that you found it. Like it, it, it's not an easy place to find. I do now that you bring yes. it up. I do remember him going to some sort of Asian market and me being like, 
That's a it seems like a long way to go. And if you know anybody who knows me knows like I'm 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 a fixer. Like I like to have a problem, I try to fix it, right? And so it made me crazy because I was like, how I could have fixed this for you. I could have got you a taxi. I could have got you a car. I know people who have a car. We could have gone to the lot. Got and he's like, no, I just walked. I, like he, I, it didn't even like register to him to ask anybody else. He thought I'll just walk to twenty miles. But the other funny thing is, from my perspective, I so so. I told Levi about this. I, I like found a bunch of Asian stuff and, and I'm a fan of Asian food and, and, and many things like that. And then I told this story to Lee and it's like, oh, I found this grocery store and they have a bunch of things. And he's just like, yeah, I know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Well, BJ, I feel, like in, I feel like in our relationship though, that a few times it's happened where um, you've hit me with something, and I've kind of I've kind of counterpunched as a foodie. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, you're yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh, okay, all right, wait a second. Also, in this scenario, you forget the fact that he lived off campus. He yeah. he had a car. He understood he could drive around. I, whereas us who are sheltered on campus, we it's, it's just so far in the future. Oh, yeah. This is way over there. I, um, which side note. Um, to bring this up, I have a very distinct memory, um, which I recently relived. Um, do you remember driving to Sam's Quick Mart? In, oh, of course. In, yeah, in Durham in with Durham. all the beer. Yes. Is it, so for the listeners, this is a place where it was a little hole in the wall, like a little uh, Quick Mart, I guess you could call it, a little, little convenience store. But they had an excellent beer selection. An excellent and an, an insane beer selection. Now, um, for the listeners, this place has recently, they've sold... The property to a real estate developer. R.I.P. Um, and as context, the lot. I'm not necessarily against development of things, but this lot makes no sense. This is lot is right beside a train track, in between an interstate, going off 147 in in Durham, North Carolina. This is a this is a silly lot for a a, a condo to be placed up there. But I have a distinct memory of like, driving there down sort of a road it was extremely far from where we lived even though it wasn't that far but that's sort of our memory of of people who sort of grew up in dormitories grew up in chapel hill exactly so i think uh, i think what, what levi's getting at what we're all getting at is that when you when you grow up in a dorm and people who went to college lived in dorm know this that these trips out to a target to a sam's quick mark to whatever are a big deal what yes, you could not walk easy. to was yeah. distant but the interesting part about how why he's on the mount rushmore of mangum personalities is he did not say, I need to go to this Asian Mart. Let's take the normal steps to get there. He just said, I will walk. And for a good 10, 11 hours, he was walking on Interstate 40, which for folks who aren't in North Carolina, it's it's a it's an interstate. There's no walk. So Howu clearly did not know the, I will walk 500 miles and I will walk 500 more. But but he did, clearly. Regularly. And, and I guess... Well, the weird part was that when he got back, he told Levi and I this, and we were bewildered to the point that we didn't even know what to say. As mentioned before, like I'm the type of person where I'm like, I could have helped you. Uh, but he didn't think it was weird. That's what was so crazy. <laughs> Not how, at all. How was like, yeah, well, that was my day. <laughs> my day was I walked, I bought some things, and I walked some more. Well, the, how was your no, day? But he came home with nothing. <laughs> Here's the thing. He walked to Durham. For five hours, got in the store and said, you know what? I'm good. And walked five <laughs> hours back. 
Okay, so... What the hell? <laughs> so, so, for our listeners, <laughs> I will divulge that, that, that I get teased a little bit, and, and I will own up to, to, to being of the uh, chosen people. I, I am yes, a BJ's member Jewish. of the tribe. He's been addressed. I, I, I am a good Jew. Well, maybe not a good Jew. But... <laughs> But if I'm going to go to a place and I'm going to spend what's, what's hours... What's the go? Oh, go fuck yourself. Let him go. Go ahead, BJ. And, and, and I'm going to spend a long period of time and hours going to a place, especially for Asian food, I'm going to buy something. I, that, yeah. that was the most amazing... Well, two things were amazing to me. One is that he thought that was normal. And two is that he came back with nothing. Like, yeah. It's the, it, basically what he did is he said, I, I just need to walk for 11 hours. Like, he, he, this is like a uh, fucking uh, getting his steps in. This is a Fitbit situation. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was putting in his, his hedge knight. He was, he was putting in his steps. But like, you know, as I have gone to, to long lanes to, to get something that I'm familiar with or to get something new or, or to... To do something that, that I'm excited to do. And and one of those is there's there's a bakery that that I I know and love in in New York City and I've put a lot of effort in to get there and talk to the people there and 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 enjoyed enjoyed the the lovely Asian food that, that they provided me. And it baffles me. That right. somebody else yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would put a day's worth of work mm-hmm. and, and just not, be like... not get anything. Yeah, no, BJ, well, and, that, and that should offend you. There's something that I want. Well, and that should also offend you because I, I know your personality. Like, you do actually put in time to go to specific restaurants or retail establishments. And, and, and it's a destination for you. It's a, it's a hobby of you or, or, or for you. And so it's so weird that he would do that. Fair point. We all think it's fucking weird. He was being a crazy person. And I remember making a mental note after he did that and said, I got to look after this guy. Like, he's going to get himself in trouble. He just, he was just walking from like, like, he probably got dark at like 7. So like the, 11 on Interstate 40. There's no yeah. sidewalk in this situation. He's such um, an idiot. He wasn't on 40. He was in 15501. But there was no sidewalk in any of this. This is a, a, a car thoroughfare. Chapel Hill for people who don't, who didn't go there, who didn't, aren't raised in that area. They don't like people who drive cars. Um, so they don't make it easy for cars to thoroughfare through there. They mm. they want to make sure that there there are minimal lanes. Cars are all through there. There's no reason for him to be walking down the side of this this fucking road. Um, it was extremely dangerous for him to do, do that. Oh, yeah. And he did it for no reason. It's not like there's a, a, pedest- a pedestrian walkway alongside this. Not at all. He's walking in the, sh- in the suede on the side. Yes. He's, he's walking to the side of the road, uh, a two-lane thoroughfare out of Chapel Hill to Durham, um, a lot of cars on the road, through rush hour, um, for not any particular reason. Yeah, that's um, that, that And was, no result. Yeah, very crazy story. So that's the first of the Howu stories. I'd like to move on to the second if it's okay. Go ahead. Do we want to save any of these for when Howu himself is there? No, no, I'd no. love to see his reaction. Uh, first to no. no, okay, to... If we wait for Howard to be here, he can refute them. And <laughs> well, no, these are you these won't. Are, these are prep stories. We're, we're, I'm trying to explain the guy before he comes on. So the second one, I've is, got another one here too. Uh, the second one is he uh, needed to. Uh, so the school year ended. Uh, the academic year ended. Ooh, freshman and, year, nice. 
Uh, and uh, I think it was maybe his sophomore, sophomore year. I think it sophomore, was. Sophomore, yeah. yeah. And I had known him since freshman year, obviously, because he ruined for Levi. Um, and he said, hey, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go home. I'm just going to stay around. Um, if I pay you, God knows, knowing how, it was like 12 bucks, but whatever it was, can I stay on your couch? Because I, w- I was living off campus at the time. Yeah. I said, fine, you can stay off campus. Uh, I had a roommate, uh, this guy I knew from Elizabeth City, uh, and he, you know, Elizabeth City, we grew up around um, uh, a different culture. So it was a lot of um, what you'd call maybe abonics or street speak, right? Like a lot of like... Rap culture. Rap culture. Uh, and we both were in that at the time. Now, now I, I don't have that. I've, I've got that out of my lexicon. But at the time, I actually you still did. you still have it in there, but it's not your your yeah, yeah. regular uh, register. So we were, let's put we, it that way. Yeah. So we both kind of talked this certain way. And Hal got in there, and he was standing on the couch, uh, and he was like a fly on the wall. Let's 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 rephrase this or reframe this in terms of my my perspective because I wasn't there. Um, I dropped Hal off at, at your off campus apartment. You're living with a guy who uh, he's working at like a, a shoe, shoe store. store. Yeah. Um, and I understand. I mean, we both grew up in the same culture. We both like the same sort of music. We grew up in the same sort of milieu in, in, in a sort of way. Um, I drop him off. He is a, 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 a he, he came over to America when he was 10, 11 years old. A little bit older. Um, his English is not perfect, um, although he writes... A, as as established in the story, extremely well. But yeah, his, his better English better was, than I. His spoken English was bad. Go ahead, Spencer. And he carries himself in a constant state of bright eyed and bushy tail. Exactly. In everything that Howe does. He's he's a very brilliant guy. Which which um, by the way is why after this dirt walking to Durham story, I felt like I had to take care of him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because he, he had there was an aura of innocence attached. Yeah. Yes. He he's but he's an extremely smart guy. Um and I, I drop him off. I sort of connect him with Terry. I'm like, hey you can stay here. Um and and I leave him. Yeah. I come back two, two and a half, three months later. And uh, here is How Woo. What's up, yo? How you doing, yo? What's going on, yo? <laughs> doing great, yo. He picked, yeah. he picked it up. Immediately, like a sponge. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it was like halfway through the summer. It was maybe like mid-July. And all of a sudden, he started being like, like, I'd walk in and be like, what's up, yo? How it be? What it do? Like he was picking up all of it, all the jive, every bit, and it was so crazy. And in you know, it was fine that Hal did that, but the thing that sticks out to me in that story is Levi looking at me like I had I had done like you, a miracle. You a you corrupted him, and b <laughs> resp- at the time I thought both mixed. You've corrupted him, but respect, respect for that. Like he is now, he, he understands sort of American, like modern American culture, which is very imbued with with rap culture. Oh man! And I had these nights, like where, I, like it was like very academic. I'd sit him down and be like, "All right, here's this guy. His name is Nas. Full name Nazir. All right, I need you to check out his first album. Also, the beef with Jay Z. Like I was bringing him through the culture. It's okay. Okay, we listen to Illmatic. Okay, so here's Ethan. Here's how it fits into the context of rap culture, and he came out of that. And sort of imbued with this sort of modern, sort of, not street, but sort of a modern American culture, which is just a beautiful thing, which he was a person who loved to talk about, like, Thomas Aquinas my, my, oh, yeah. my, my first year. And we're, we're teaching about Nas and Jay-Z and Biggie <laughs> and all know. sort of, like, East Coast rappers. It is um, a credit to you guys, too. It's been probably 13 years since this happened. How is still right there. He still will say, yo, he'll drop it. 
He'll still say he'll still walk into a you know, house that we're holding a bachelor oh, party in. Oh, 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 you're hitting the number three story I wanted. Go on. <laughs> number three story has to be good for the next podcast because we are at three hours at this point. Well, we're, um, we're clearly going to split this up. Yeah, I was going to say there, there's another episode where I'm going to if we're, entrance the people with a, a another uh, Lee Waterfield uh, impressive put down. Where he doubted my tasting palate, and I took him up with this challenge, and, and he uh, fucked me over, shall we say. Is this a tease for the next episode? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, look, we, we, we've hit some very interesting... We've a lot of territory here. ...personalities yeah. today. It's been a lot of fun, obviously. We're, we're clearly having a lot of fun. Um, guys, anything else you want to cover before we wrap up? Oh, so much, but let's save it for the next one. <laughs> I want to wish people Happy New Year's. Yeah. Well, and we'll I do wish them Happy again. New Year's, but we're also going to do a pod tomorrow, so we can do it again. We can do it again, but mm. still Happy New Year's, because this is a time of year when people say Happy New Year's to random folks on and the street, um, <laughs> which no, for no reason. Saying, we're, no, we're saying Merry Christmas again. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I was going to say, do you say I'm Merry sorry, Christmas? I'm sorry, Trump. Um, okay, so, so, so what's the... You know, what's the etiquette? Do you say Merry Christmas? Do you say Happy New Year's? So, like, wh- where is that transition? Cause, do both. Because le- legit... I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, Jubai, you, you you say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Yeah. That's what you do. Okay, so so Happy New Year's is in September. Uh, so here's the deal. So we we deal with like real calendars here, not your like weird sort of lunar calendars that ha- all set at weird okay, times. J- just okay, because- all right, we're wrapping up. We're done. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey on the Weekends. This is another episode from the MangumTalks.com. Uh, website. If you have any uh, feedback for us, questions for us, go to www.mangumtalks.com, upper right-hand corner, contact us. Also, check out our other Mangum Talks podcast with the GOT Got Questions podcast with Spencer. Say hey, Spencer. Hey, Bill. And myself. I promise we're doing another episode at some point. I will make Spencer do it. We have Mangum Reads with Spencer and BJ. BJ, say hello. How's it going? And then we have the Mangum Hoops podcast, which we will do again. I will be talking about Luka Doncic. He's on my fantasy I have you don't. Anyway, thanks everybody. I appreciate it.